All right, I want to let you know that uh, I've got some tour dates coming up. Savannah, Georgia, June 2nd. Augusta, Georgia, June 3rd. Montgomery, Alabama, June 4. And Columbus, Georgia, June 5. As well, I'll be in Florida, Hollywood, Fort Myers, Daytona Beach, and Lakeland, um, June 23rd through June 26th. Today's guest is here for the first time. Um, he's a comedian. And he's an entertaining man. And he is out of New York. And um, you're going to learn about him as I do. He and I have actually never met. uh, But he has a new special on YouTube called Mom Love. And his own podcast called Long Days. Uh, I'm grateful to get to spend some time with him. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Giannis Pappas. Yeah, you know what I've been realizing is uh, what's dicey to me is if they get those little sandwiches. You know the ones, the, um, the little ma- uh, cut sandwiches? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when a somebody, hero cut up? Uh, no, no, but more like just like the square ones and then somebody cuts it up like that. You know what I'm talking about? Like the triangle pieces? Conceptually, I know. I'm trying to picture it, though. So, yeah, it just has meat, cheese, man, and mustard or mayonnaise in it. Yeah. It just like is a little triangle. Yeah. You know, somebody gets that little round tray of a bunch of those little triangles. Yes, now I got you. Yeah. But then the weird part is when they start to sit there for a while and it gets hard on the side and people (laughs) still eat them. Yeah. (laughs) That's why you got to get to that plate early. But it's some guys prefer. That's air damage. Yes. Some guys prefer to go into the tray late in the game, bro. (laughs) Yeah, that's not the way. You got to get there before the air damage. Hardens it up, yeah. Yeah, that is air damage, man. Yeah, there's a triangular. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, those triangular ones? Are you talking about they come in like a plastic plate? You pull it off? Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and they got the top on it. Yeah. Um, Convenient way to throw a party. Yeah, yeah. You don't got to make sandwiches. It's just better that way. Yeah, I think having it like that is probably makes things... uh, yeah, somebody cracks open a thing of those. As a kid, I hate this. I was like, oh, those things look like they're for adults or something. <laughs> but as an adult, I'm like, oh, I'll have a one or two of those. Yeah, <laughs> they're nice. It's, yeah. It's a perfect. You can't go back. You can't go wrong with meat and cheese at an adult party. Meat and cheese is always a hit. Salami and cheese. Yeah. That's always, that's going to go first. Yeah. People aren't going to touch the salad. People aren't going to touch. If you got the carrots and the ranch out, those will be there tomorrow. The whole plate will be there, but yeah. the salami and cheese is gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Beyonce of that spread. It is really, man. <laughs> um, is Giannis's mic in his face, guys? Do you guys want it somewhere different? I always have mic problems. I apologize. Do you? I do. It's something like even on my own podcast or like, uh, it, it, like I, I just can't. I have no. I, I might be challenged in that way, like a learning disability with like where yeah. the mic is supposed to oh, be. Yeah, yeah. I think it does get to be like a. Um, I'm either too low, too high. Yeah, but you've been. Uh, 
you've been podcasting for a long time. Um, uh, so a lot of my listeners might not even know you. And yeah. you and I have just met. We just met. Yeah. Yeah. And That's I, crazy. Yeah. Well, I know you, you know? Yeah, like same. I know, yeah. Like, I know you comedy, but yeah, it's the first time we've been in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good. It's interesting. Yeah. You got good. a cozy, warm kind of vibe. Yeah. Energy. Oh, thanks. Yeah, man. I feel I feel right like in the womb. I'm I'm I feel in a womb. You're right good. Now. Yeah, I like it, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for coming, man. So I want to just like kind of just so my listeners know like how you even got started like in the comedy. Just take me through a little bit of that, man, because you are from another country. <laughs> from another country? Are you from another country? I'm from uh, America. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. I are thought you from? Well, it would technically be right if you were from. If you weren't from here, right. then I would be from another country. But no, you were, were you also, born in another country? No, I was born here. Oh, I thought you were born in another country. I, dude, I look at you and I, I say, I can see why he would assume that because you're fucking American. Yeah, you're American, American. Like if there can be more of a way to be American, yeah, it's on you. Uh, so okay. I know just hearing my name, you're like, I guess he's from. He must have been born in Romania or something. I got an immigrant name. Yeah, I would. I mean, I don't know if I would. I remember um, I said to one of my friends yesterday, I was like, oh, uh, Giannis Papas is coming on. And they're like, oh, I thought, um, oh, who's the, they're like, oh, that reminds me of that guy who has the other name that's kind of like a double. Oh, um, who's the Russian guy, the older Russian Jewish comedian? Uh, Zelensky, he's fighting a war right now. No, <laughs> not that guy. <laughs> oh, he's Ukrainian too. So, Same shit. He's doing cameos. Somebody said he, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, for six hundred to raise money for Ukraine, that's crazy. That is crazy. That he's got time. <laughs> I know. Where do they have that guy? That he's got a camera set up. And I tell you, one. I don't know who his barber is, but he's on call. The dude is always yeah. crisp in the middle of a war. I mean, he's got like a fade every three days. Oh yeah, he's like the DJ Khaled. I feel like of like bombings and shit. <laughs> yeah, I think he just travels with his barber. <laughs> he's got a barber in the bomb shelter. He really values whoever cuts his hair. And dude, will somebody win this fucking war already? Like Jesus, what it feels like? They just nobody will win it, or they don't care, or they taking days off. It feels like they're like, "Hey, let's do it on Tuesday. I'll meet you guys on Friday. We'll do another round on Friday." It is hard to understand, right? Because like, if there's a war going on, how is he safe to give talks and you know do a video Zoom for the Oscars, and then Biden goes there, he's walking around no problem. I think Nancy Pelosi yeah. was wheeled out there. So like, where's the war? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, and I don't know. I think it's like a. St I think they got to go to court, like maybe Johnny and Amber, to solve it. Figure it out. Yeah, because I'm shitting who's bad, son. Yeah, I feel like Johnny is Russia in this scenario, mm -hmm. and Amber. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny's Johnny's Ukraine. I'm sorry, and Amber's Russia, and uh, no. Yeah, who's the bad? There's guy? only two ways to do it. I don't know. <laughs> it's the good guys are Ukraine. I'm trying to depend on, it depends on which side of the political aisle you, I guess you fall on to consider who's the bad guy. Yeah. Or not. But I think Johnny yeah. is Ukraine. Johnny. Because he got invaded by Amber. So we need to figure out ways to funnel weapons to Johnny. Yeah. That's what we got to do to help out Johnny. Yeah. I saw Johnny Depp one night at the comedy store. It was pretty crazy. That is a crazy sighting to see Johnny. Because I went up and uh, Doug Stanhope is friends with me, introduced me to him, and then I realized I didn't know what to say, and then I realized I didn't have anything to say to Johnny Depp. Right. That's almost the worst. But like when you're like, oh, there's not even there's not even a 
thirtieth degree of separation. They're like, there's nothing to even say here. It's like literally shook hands and then I had nothing. Yeah, Ugh. I it would kind. It's kind of similar to meeting you because what I wanted to say, I held it. Maybe what you wanted to say, you held it because you felt like he's he's over it. Like I would have opened with a Twenty One Jump Street thing because that's my closest emotional tie to Johnny. Okay, was his hair back then oh, with the yeah. earring? He kind of that that my generation. Pull that picture up of Johnny Depp Twenty One Jump Street. Let's get an image of that. I think he was like the that hairstyle with the earring was like every white guy in America yeah. did that middle part with the earring. And so I would open with a Twenty One Jump Street, like with you, I Road Rules, but I didn't want to say it. I oh, know you yeah. from Road Rules. I remember. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, man. and you're as big as I thought you were. Like tall. You're a tall drink of water. I, you know, it's really funny. People say that I'm tall, and I don't. I don't. I've always just been. I mean, I've been this height for probably twenty one years now, and it's like <laughs> I don't think anything. I never thought I was tall, but people constantly say that. Yeah, you're people six one, like, bro. You're taller than I thought. <laughs> So it's always Mexicans that, who comment on it. I mean, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but it's a lot of like uh, Latinos, you know, or recent Americans. You recent know, Americans. Who are like, hey, bro, you're taller than I thought. <laughs> you know? Recent American is a better way than to call Mexican. It's a way to scoot around it. Well, yeah. not even Mexican, but just I feel like if we're going to be, because people remember that people used to say illegal immigrants, right? Yeah. Because I'll meet a lot of Mexican guys and I'll be like, uh you know where did you come from how did you you know and they'd be like uh just don't tell anybody i'm here you know what i'm saying they all joke about it <laughs> yeah 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 you yeah. know yeah but it's like so i think recent americans yeah it at least gives both sides of the net like a little bit of like okay they're new and then other people are like eh, let's you know you're running cover for them not because you're not lying right but you're also not telling them they may not have their papers. They're right. recent Americans. Interpret that the way you want to interpret <laughs> yeah. it. We got a couple of recent Americans here. God, Johnny Depp was just, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd be a hot chick now, even. he. Yeah, if he went trans, he would look good. Some yeah. guys, you can tell if they transition, they would flawlessly transition. Mm -hmm. Usually, they don't have the like the Neanderthal brow. That's a real impediment yeah. to like a smooth transition. But he got a real nice girl guy face. Oh. Yeah. God, man. Yeah. If he put some makeup on and grew the hair a little longer, I don't even think he'd need estrogen. Well, he's he, a handsome kid. He's a handsome guy. Yeah. And he used to definitely be more. I mean, look, he's getting older, you know, and I think he's partied pretty hard. He's probably gone pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. For a guy who did the amount of drugs he did. Yeah. He looks good. That's a good point. He looks real good. That's a good point. I mean, I don't know how much LA has to do with that, Hollywood. People with uh, who are stars tend to age very well because I guess when your job is just staying in shape every day in between scripts, yeah, you dedicate a lot of time to it. There's like a team of people who keep Johnny Depp like camera ready. Well, you can also get fluff. You got fluffers. That's a big thing. Yeah, like a guy that's going to do work at Dunkin' Donuts or whatever. He ain't got that fluffer. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. don't have somebody meeting him in the parking lot an hour early. Yeah, to polish him up and trim off all the loose ends and take his append his dirty appendix out or whatever is going on you know yeah. but he's got those people where every day before he you know there's people like just really shining him up you think like a, if a, there was a competitor to come out that would compete against dunkin donuts and starbucks if they use the strategy of like you know what we're gonna up the game of the people who work here and make them all beautiful with fluffers we'll hire fluffers too that they'll that'll, even if the coffee's not as good it'll give them the edge like how come nobody's thinking outside the box like that so you're saying if they beautified the um 
The staff. The staff. Yeah. With fluff with the help of fluffers. With they pop. got the corporate money. Right. They they can create extra jobs. We don't have to live in this world where coffee shops have like ugly, untaken care of. I don't know if that's the way you say it. Uncoiffed? Unkempt, yeah. Uh, unkept, unkept people. Maybe. Like, we need to create jobs. How about how about a couple fluffers for these Dunkin' Donuts employees? Yeah, Cinderella's sisters is who you're talking about. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Um, Well, look at this. You know, I was at the Starbucks the other day, and a guy runs in homeless guy, right? Yeah. I'm not going to say homeless, but the guy was... The guy hadn't heard a doorbell ring in a while, I bet. Right? Recently unhomed? I would say that, yeah. I would say recently, recently unhomed, American recently right? unhomed. So this boy, he was out there, and uh, he came in. He had no pants on, right? And he walked past these two chicks outside, and they got a little scared, you know? And I was like, scat, scat. Like, I did like that, you know? Because, like, uh, we had a lot of stray animals in our neighborhood growing up. And if they came by my sisters, I would be like that. Did he respond? Did he scat or he kind of did? Get so it worked on him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of did, and then he went inside and stole all of the money right out of the tip thing. He did. Yeah, and um, so the scat, you were like an accessory to the crime. Then if well, he didn't tell him to scat. He would have bothered the girls and may he, not have. He could have done a rape and burgle. Oh yeah, it's hard to know what would have happened. Right, that could have been the lesser of the two evils. Well, then I go in and there's a guy in there who's like very, who's like probably about 11 different genders, right? This dude was coming in, you know, he had anchovies, he had all of it. <laughs> and he um, he was like, oh my God, I don't know what just happened, right? <laughs> and I was like, y'all got fucking robbed. That's what just happened, yeah, bro. I can... And nobody in here, they had 11 of them. And how is it they have 11 <laughs> Starbucks employees, they all have on walkie-talkies talking to each other right next to each other. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they need that. Yeah, you could just go like this. It's like ordering a sandwich at Wawa's. You're like, why can't I just give it the order to you? Why do I got to become a computer programmer yeah. back here? Yeah, it's unnecessary technology. Oh, a lot of unnecessary technology. And so then, uh, yeah, but it was just crazy. They were, everybody was just so like, like nobody there could have saved the day. Right. You know, because actually they had this one little Mighty Mouse bitch in there. I think if she'd have seen it go down, she wasn't, she was dealing with an egg, Mc, you know, date breakfast or something at the moment when that thing, when the guy hit. But if she'd have freaking turned around. She was she, a little less hungry. She might have took she, her focus off the order and helped. Well, she, you could just tell she had a little bit more nuts in her than any of the uh, fellas that were working in there. Right, you know? right. They don't care, right? They don't care. But it was the tips though. Uh, oh, they care about that. But wait, I would have. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's my money. Like, you know. Nobody stopped him? No, the guy was just like, one guy, this is the best, one dude who probably was at least, you know, four or five different genders, right? This dude coming in, bro, you know. This was a non-binary oh, establishment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this dude had his hands up like this. <laughs> like, what the fuck, bro? And the guy didn't have a gun but he did have his pants off well he had I'll say this bro he was short and he it looked like he had a little bit of dick hanging out the bottom of his shirt and oh, that is a, that's a weapon too <laughs> it, could be, it could be a weapon if especially gets, if you don't yeah. know what gender you are you yeah. know what I'm saying bro you don't know how that thing's gonna end up in you would you be more scared of a guy with a gun or a guy a naked guy is kinda Oh, you don't know what guy. to do with a naked guy. Easy. Oh, if I had to, I'd get the bullets out of him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Bro, I'd freaking, <laughs> I'd handle him down to keep the pressure out of him if I had to. 
You ever you seen know? those videos where like the, the like those prank shows in the hood where the guys talk shit to like tough yeah. dudes in the hood and the guy's like, what? And he's about to, and then they just strip naked and the guy runs <laughs> for some reason. Because <laughs> I guess it's so jarring. You don't know what to do when somebody's missing a piece of their uh, outfit. It's just kind of a weird thing. I guess shirt off is more socially ex- well, shirt off, we're gonna fight. Yeah, shirt off, we're gonna fight. Pants off, are we? Are we gonna, we may. I might fuck you. So right. that gets a little. That's probably what makes you nervous. It's a novelty of it. No frame of reference. Like when the Indians first saw the boats, they couldn't tell what they were. Really? Yeah, they said they didn't. They had no frame of reference for the conquistador boats, so they just couldn't almost see them. They couldn't see them. They couldn't wow. understand it. It was like an object they'd never seen. So if you get into a situation with a guy with no pants and he's threatening you. You might not even understand it and just free. Maybe put. Maybe that's why she put her hands up. Yeah. Maybe she didn't know. She was like, "Is this what you're supposed to do?" Yeah. When a guy has no pants on, a little bit of dick hanging out under the shirt. He had a short shirt on too. He was a black guy too, which is so unusual. Shirt. Yeah, because usually they got long shirts on. If you go to a black barbecue, they they down to their knees. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Black guys like long shirts. Yeah, well, black guys look good in stuff. They look good in everything. Anything. Yeah. You know, uh, black guys look good in. A black guy could walk around literally just with with shopping tags hang. That, that's why I think a lot of black guys keep the tags on things because I think <laughs> other people will literally come up and shop off of them. You know? <laughs> yeah, I always like. Damn, let me scan this up right now, bro. That's not a bad idea, bro. It's not a bad. If idea. you got a percentage of the sale, yeah. It's like, damn, let me scan two of those off of my boy, and yeah. then he makes a little bit of bread. Yeah. I, I had a black friend who used to wear his hat like that with the stickers and tags. And we were having a conversation once and he was like, you know, his cops got to stop profiling me. I'm like, well, maybe if it looks, if you make it a, look a little less like you just stole the hat out of the store, <laughs> yeah. you're wearing it like you just ran out past the sensors. I mean, maybe that'll help. Yeah, they had a black dude I saw with a chain made out of sensors. <laughs> like, that's not going to, that's not helpful. That's actually a good move if you want to steal a store, if you come in with... <gasps> The sensor's on, and they're going off. You're going, no, that's just my necklace. Yeah. Don't look through my, don't don't profile me. That's my necklace going off. These are sensors. That's yeah. That's pretty cool. I think I, um, I think if someone was cool enough, they could make sensors cool. Yeah. Like, you know, like, because fashion gets pretty ridiculous. Like, if you look back in, like, the 1700s, guys were wearing other dudes' fucking hair and stockings. Wow. And candy corn shoes. So that... And that just objectively looks ridiculous, but that means at some point there was some dude who was so cool mm-hmm. who was wearing it that everyone was like, I want to be like him. So they started wearing fucking ridiculous stockings, candy corn shoes, and somebody else's hair was just some real serial killer shit. That's crazy. And, and then the whole continent of Europe started doing it. So if there was a cool enough dude who started wearing sensors and gave it value like Bitcoin, which we all buy, which we know is stupid, then I think people would follow. It depends on how fucking cool the person is wearing it. Mm. Fashion is completely subjective. Yeah, I never thought about that that much. I mean, yeah, I think if you see somebody with something and you feel like it looks good, then if somebody else does it, you'll you'll kind of get into it, you know? Yeah, like I, I'm not even lying. This is a true story. I saw a dude the other day. Mm-hmm. He had a mullet, mm-hmm. and somebody else said, you're going with the Theo Vaughn. And he was like, damn, everyone keeps saying that. I'm like, maybe you are, consciously or unconsciously. There's very few dudes in this country who have a mullet still right. that aren't at a state fair. Right, right. Or, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who are visible. Yeah, yeah. Like visible beyond the local word of mouth. Right, right, like you're right. Visible with, you're, you're visible with a mullet past word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, so yeah. if somebody has a mullet now, you're going like, 
you're you're a Theo Vaughn fan. What are you fan. doing here? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're a Theo Vaughn fan. Yeah, I got into it, man. I had it growing up, and then I got out of it trying to fit it in Hollywood, and then I got back into it. It's the best choice I ever made. Have it, you ever had long hair? I have had long hair, but more of the Johnny Depp, Twenty One Jump Street shit. Well, you never had the back go, huh? Nah, dude. Brook, we, I grew up in Brooklyn. You can't. You could. You can. If, I don't have the balls. Yeah, I was like that was. It's well, dude. It's like yeah. having balls. <laughs> it's your ball. It's like your hair has balls. It's exactly what it's like. Yeah. Have you ever said that before? No, but I believe that is the it. funny. That the funniest way to describe a mullet because yeah, it's like your hair. It's like there's balls here, and they're kind of they're dangling around. You can move them a little bit. You and can, there's power in it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's fucking power in it. There is, right? I want to let you guys know about um, a company that helped me out when I was trying to buy a home about a year ago. Um, I had some dings on my credit, and and I had to get those taken off uh, so that I could apply for the mortgage. Uh, gave me a better credit score. Bridge Credit Solutions helped me do it. They are backed with a 100% money-back guarantee for any items that cannot be removed. You will not find that anywhere else in the credit repair industry. You know exactly what you're paying for at the beginning of the repair. It's written in the contract. No job is too big or too small. Bridge Credit Solutions caters to all types of clients, no matter their financial situation. And Bridge Credit Solutions prides itself on lightning quick turnaround time, they will guarantee removal of certain negative items in as quick as 24 hours. That's, that is real quick. They take communication seriously. Always feel free to call or text no matter the hour with whatever questions or concerns you have. Schedule your free credit audit in three easy steps, Zoom or phone call, and get a free three bureau credit report. $25 value with 30 days of free credit monitoring and identity theft protection when you sign up through our link at bridgecreditsolutions.com slash T-H-E-O. Once scheduled, a bridge credit strategist will contact you to review your report with you. You know, I was, uh, sometimes you get subscriptions to things and you don't realize you have a long-term subscription. You know, you get you buy yourself a dang bagel box or something and you just wanted one bagel box and then they keep sending you to the bagel bash every month. And then you're just bashed out with bagels. And they keep charging your credit card. You know, I had a thing where I accidentally, I got me a extension cord. And I didn't realize I signed up for unlimited unlimited extension cords. And damn, next thing you know, I just have dumped so many extension cords. I can't even, all my plugins are full. You know, and only have damn two lamps. That's where Truebill helped me out. With Truebill, you can enter your accounts into Truebill and it'll monitor them for you and make sure that you're not getting jacked up and jazzed over. That's right. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. That's true. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions. So you don't have to. That's nice. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash T-H-E-O. Go right now. Truebill.com slash Theo. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash Theo. So I just want to get where you started, man. Yeah, and I, and I didn't mean to offend you if I said that you're no, from another no. country, man. No, I didn't. I, I thought that you were from another country. No, did you think I was offended? I wasn't offended at all. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was rolling with it. Yeah, because I get it. 
Um, no, I was, I was, I'm from New York. My parents are from another country. Okay. There. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of recently American. Okay. As well, I fit into that category if we open up the bubble a little bit, because mm-hmm. uh, my mom had to get her papers. Oh, she did. Yeah, my mom had to get her papers. And where did she come from? She came from Greece. Ooh, yeah, really? Greece. Did you have Greeks down? There's no Greeks down in Louisiana. We never had a Greek here. <laughs> we never on had the a show. Greek. Never. Yeah. Never. Dude. We've had a. It. We got a charter. Who you know? Other people. Or we have put pens in a place from a different country. People have come from. Well, I'm glad to diversify. Yeah, I'm glad to represent for a whole nation. There's not a... So your mother came from Greece. My mother came here. uh, She was like a kind of a refugee after World War II. My mother was old. She had me when she was in her 40s, which is a real Mm. today shit thing to do. Mm -hmm. She did it back then. And uh, so she just recently passed away. But she, yeah, she was there during the Nazi occupation. And she was there, uh, yeah, for World War II. And then she immigrated here. So my mother was born there. My father was born in Brooklyn, but his parents were born over there in the old world, as we call it. Wow. As white people call it the old world. Yeah. Yeah, Europe, you know. So I'm a one and a half uh, first generation. Amer- I'm a recent, I'm a recent, I'm recently American. Damn. So you weren't, you weren't 100% wrong. You weren't 100% right. You were more right than wrong. Oh, thanks. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, yeah, you, 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 you smelled something. Well, I just, and I think it's probably, yeah, just the name. People are like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. You know? It's I hear Theo Vaughn. I don't know you. I'm thinking black guy, yeah. linebacker, something, because Vaughn, boom, and then I see you, Theo Vaughn. Your name doesn't seem very, doesn't match you either. Where does your name come from? Well, my father's from Nicaragua. My mother's from actually um, Illinois. So... Wow, Nicaragua's in there. So we got, um, and yeah, and then my father was part, I think, Pontiac Indian as well. So we had some goods, you know, something, a little bit of here and there, kind of, you know. Should we? The Pontiac car is catching no heat. I mean, it's like the Cleveland Indians are catching heat, the Washington Redskins are catching heat. Yeah, the Pontiac car is still floating. Bring up a Pontiac if you can, brother. Yeah, I mean, is cancel culture going to get to that? It should. When you think of how many things are named after Native American stuff, it's like you really, and I can't think of them right now. Tomahawk steak. Oh. Yeah. It's a lot, brother. Let me ask you this question. As far as the Cleveland Indians, what's worse sounding to you, the Cleveland Indians or the Cleveland Browns? Cleveland Browns sounds a lot more like a slur to me. Oh, that's a good point. I hate these Browns. I hate these fucking Browns. I hate the Browns every year. Sounds a lot worse than I hate the Cleveland Indians. Just yeah, look at like, these Indians. Look at these Indians. Where look at these Browns or these Indias. These Indias. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, I love a racial slur, honestly. And uh, <laughs> who doesn't? If it's said in jest. Yeah, it, bro. Even if here's the best. If you're walking down the street, somebody yells it. You don't see who yells it. <laughs> It's fucking great. Yeah. If somebody like is point blank like ripping somebody, that's fucked up, dude. Yeah. But somebody's using somebody, you know, drives by and they yell it, bro. Fucking who, you know? Yeah. It's a that that enhances your day. Oh, I, Kurt Metzger has the best slur I've heard for Greeks ever. Is that my phone? I apologize. Jesus Christ, no it's worries. my special needs brother. Time for your daughter to wake yeah. up. <laughs> um, Kurt Metzger has the best slur for Greeks that I've ever heard because there's it's there's not many. Mm-hmm. And he just, uh, one time he was doing this stand-up set. It's online somewhere, but he just goes, he was dating a Greek girl and her dad didn't approve, as Greek dads usually don't, of anyone. Greeks hate everybody. Wow. And he just goes, can you believe that, dude? A diner monkey from Ass Fuck Island. 
And I was like, that's the best, that's the best slur. Diner monkey from ass fuck island. Doesn't get better than that. So that's what I am. I like that. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Cause wow. we do diners is like the that's like the Greek passport into America. That's and like, why is it because of all the dishes and stuff? Because y'all guys are like dishes is a big part of y'all's culture, huh? Yeah, maybe that's why. I never thought of it. Maybe it's because access to dishes. That's the first time I've heard that theory. Huh? You came up with that in a split second too. Well, it's I guess the only we throw them. We throw them. Right. It's part of the. It's like a tradition. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know that much about Greeks, man. Um, is that we got a healthy history, man? Oh well, I know. Yeah. I've seen a lot of the artwork and stuff like that. Yeah. Now that's beautiful. Low penises, though. A lot of statues. Low penises. Really? Yeah. Oh, they didn't really. They saved cement, huh? <laughs> Yeah. When yeah. they got around there. Yeah. Damn. I don't know why they did that, but it, all the penises are really small in the old statues. Well, do Greek girls have big butts? I think a lot of the penis size of the males of a culture has to do with the size. If you have to reach the vagina of the woman, you know? You're coming up with some theories that I haven't thought about. You're, so you're saying, you were saying without saying, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. You're saying without saying, black dudes got big dicks because black girls got big asses. And to be able to reach the vagina, they have to. So it kind of evolved that way. I think so. I mean, it, it makes it, sense. Yeah, I mean, when I think about a lot of times, Holy if I shit. think about having sex with a black girl, it's like, well, I mean, all this certainly depends. But it's like I couldn't do it. You got your dick has to wear lifts. Yeah, to get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you got to get another a, dick shoulders. To a get lot it. of yoga. Yeah, <laughs> my dick didn't need to be like one of the ones with the like two kids and a like top coat. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm here to let my kid go on the field trip. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, my God. And Chinese, Asian. Mm -hmm. No buts. No buts. And also corresponding, correlated. Yeah, hypothetically. Hypothetically, but we all know it's true. Littler penises. Yeah. Holy shit. Maybe. Because, yeah, I mean, it's just like about nature. Like a hummingbird has to have that beat because it has to be able to, um, I, that and, you know what I'm saying, but it's not right. I think you might have just lost confidence in it. You might, I mean, you might have, you might have been going somewhere. Yeah, hummingbird has to have a beak because it just, you know, it gets in a certain type of flowers, and it's like the deep ones. Was you that know? the moment when you realized you didn't know that much about hummingbirds? I, I think it's the moments I realized I didn't know that much. Yeah, you Period. had you had enough knowledge to get you to that point. Yeah, and then you're like, what else do they do? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done with that. <laughs> what? Uh, okay, so you got started in New York. I just want to. I know a lot of people know you, but I want to make sure that my audience knows. you. I appreciate that. I forget that sometimes. Like, even though like I have some knowledge of of someone, or you know, I know that they're a great comedian, or um, but my audience doesn't know. So you started out in New York. Started out in New York. You grew I, up there. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Greek American, uh, grew up. I started there um, long time ago. Quit for a while. Uh, had some things happen, and uh, you know, trauma and things like that. My head's all messed up, which is a constant challenge. And then uh, I got back into it, and um, I started doing stand up consistently. Donnell Rawlings was really the guy who got me into comedy, like stand up. Got me back in after I quit. And I was doing sketch too, and I did some viral characters uh, on YouTube early in early in YouTube, and uh, started touring doing those. But always was a stand up. I started as a stand up, and I've been doing it, you know, on and off because I took some time off, uh, you know, of like I'd say close to twenty years, man, fifteen wow. twenty years. I've been around. I'm like the Bull Durham. 
Yeah. Even when I did New Faces in Montreal, which is like comics, that's like when the industry takes a look at you or whatever. I was like, I was like the dude. I mean, I was in what was I? I was in my late thirties. I felt like Bull Durham. Yeah. Everybody else was these young prospects, and I'm like, I was like an old catcher, yeah. been around, you know. Yeah. You so, got icy hot on yeah. before the show. Yeah, I had like I have little tricks, oil here, like yeah. the dude from Major League, the old reliever. Yeah, you're like, oh, the the guy after you's like, oh, why does this mic have sap on it? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's an that's an old timer <laughs> trick, you know. Wow. So, um, when you took time off, what, what did you think? Because I had a I had a spot where I think for probably about seven months I took off. I just felt like I wasn't maybe I didn't know what I was doing. Was there a reason that you took some time off? What was it? Yeah. So I uh, I got shot early on. I started doing comedy in two thousand. I got shot in two thousand one by a gun. By a gun. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And what did it feel like? It burns. It's hot. Ooh, it's just hot. You don't yeah. Think about that. Yeah. It's hot. You don't, you, you know, your body takes care of you, like chemicals, whatever that is for the pain. And like, uh -huh. you, your body releases shit that kind of, but That's like- DMT, daddy. Yeah, it's DMT, I guess. But then afterwards, when all that adrenaline, adrenaline, and also adrenaline, when that adrenaline dies down, it's just heat. Ooh. It's hot. You can actually see smoke coming out of the hole, like little uh -uh. bits of smoke. Yeah. yeah. Damn. And uh, so that was fine, though. I went night in the hospital. I got shot, like, close to, you know, my dick and ass. Did you really? Yeah, like right here. Yeah. Ooh, and you could see smoke coming out? So for a second, yeah, you could see a little smoke coming out when they cut my plastic pants off of me, jogging pants or whatever you call them. Like your femur's fucking vaping in there. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. that's what it looked like. And um, and then you feel the heat and then a little sting when all the chemical, when all the whatever adrenaline rushes, uh, comes down. And I just got lucky it didn't hit an artery or anything like that. <sighs> but you know, the the that wasn't the, the, the problem was, was the panic attacks that started afterwards, like sort of the PTSD that... I didn't know what it was, and so I started having like these panic attacks, and I, it was related to the trauma from that, like just walking around, being scared, like, oh, shit, that happened to me. It could happen at any moment. And I didn't know what it was, so I just dealt with it for a while. I didn't know what trauma was or what was going on. I would just get on a train in New York, and I would just start bugging out and like hyperventilating. Wow. And then not knowing why is like my subconscious. So I'm going, what the fuck is going on? And I just lived like that for a while. And so I quit comedy because I, I get up on stage, and I'd have these massive panic attacks. Oh. You're making me fan yeah. right now. It was a weird time. And then I, I just kind of quit, started doing social work. I did 9-11 disaster relief for a while. And uh, Donnell Rawlings, like I said, was the guy who uh, kind of pulled me in. He saw me once, uh, thought I was funny. And then he uh, he had a room on the Upper East Side in New York City every Tuesday or Wednesday uh, called Marion Square. And I would get up there once a week. And then Chappelle show, this was about 2005, six. Chappelle show took off. He took me on the road with him, Charlie. Uh, it was Bill Burr for a little bit, then uh, Christian Finnegan from the show. Yeah. And uh, that was real nice of him. So I always, uh, I, I, I always owe him for that. I always like, you know, it was a real nice thing for like, you know, a comic to be like, hey, you're funny. And then like, try to help me, which yeah. he did. I'd, yeah, I'd sell his posters and I'd do five minutes. And it was nice to also go on the road and see success because I had never seen anyone like make it. Mm. And I knew Donnell before he made it. And then like, I saw his outfit change. Yeah. And I saw him go from Timbo's to like a higher priced, higher priced shoe. Yeah. Like the outfit change. That's where you can tell money in comedy. I've seen, I've seen it with a lot of my friends now. You really? Know? Yeah. Even Tim Dillon's gone from like bin basket polo yeah. to like Balenciago or some Italian name I can't even pronounce wow. without sounding like I'm from New York too much. Yeah. It's just a, it's an outfit change. Now, did you, I'm going to go through a little bit of that. So yeah, with the trauma stuff, did you know that it was part of, um, 
like did, did you see so you felt a lot of anxiety i'm guessing like yeah. uncomfort but were you able to relate immediately that that it was because of the gunshot thing no it took me wow. i had to go to therapy and finally i went to therapy i just was like muscling through it not knowing like i, I it was a, kind of emasculating for it to happen be like why am i so scared i would i would freeze up i would like i wouldn't be there was one time I, I thought i was having a heart attack and i couldn't move and my whole body just kind of froze i couldn't move mm. i guess that's what they call scared stiff and uh, I told my friend, I was with my friend on the train, and I was like, call ambulance, I'm having a heart attack. And they came, and they were like, you're fine. Like, what? They took all my vitals, and I was like, I was like, because you don't feel fine. So you're going like, you must be wrong, you must be wrong. I'm dying, and, and I wasn't. And it was just these panic attacks that would happen, and I, I really didn't have a reprieve from them. I didn't really get away from them until I started going to therapy. Therapy works if you got issues. I recommend therapy. Yeah. Yeah, I recommend therapy. Um, and w were you able, so how did they, what was the process kind of of relating, of figuring out that that was it? It was, uh, sitting with a therapist being, she was a female therapist. I was attracted to her. Mm. So did you tell her that? I didn't tell her that, which felt like I wasn't being open in yeah. therapy, you know, cause that must've been a thing, like a mommy issue or something. But because of that, I was just more. I don't know. I was more vulnerable, open. Like guys, you're always a little standoffish when you sit with a guy. You're like, fuck, you're a guy. Like, I don't, I gotta, I can't be vulnerable around a guy. Yeah. You always gotta be a guy. But a woman, you just kinda, you can act a little more like a woman and talk about your feelings. Right. So I was able to, something about her opened me up and I was able to talk about it and, uh, and I got over the fact that I wanted to sleep with her. Maybe it's because of the connection. You know, we're comics. We're all fucked up. We got walls up. There's oh, reasons yeah. why we stand on wood planks uh, for chicken fingers for ten years to have strangers give us, uh, a, you know, it's because we didn't get something else. So there's walls up. But she was able to take those down. She was beautiful too. God, her legs was the problem. Oh. If she wore pants more, may, but maybe that's what opened me up. I was always distracted with her legs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were just nice. Oh, I noticed. I'll be involved in anything. Do not hear a set of high heels in the distance, and I have no control over my ability to zone out of whatever um, is going on. So the, the, the sound of high heels. Yeah, and it's not even about sex. It's just the idea that a woman could be around. You know, right. I think when I was young, I didn't get that care. And so it was like the simple idea that a woman could be coming around to give me some type of care or affection. Oh. Like, it's like there's a part of me that just cannot help but go and listen for that. Listen to that. I read it the wrong way. I li I was reading it like a like a predator hearing prey, like you know. Oh no! no like no, a coyote no. hearing like movement in the brush. Oh like no! Free. No, you were yours was more of like a oh, nurturing I'm thing. You needed, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where that kind of yeah with chicks. It for me is that's the first part of it. Do you like to suck tit? Did you were you breastfed? By a small breast. So, you do you like when you get a big one? Do you just? Oh, I definitely. I have. I've overstayed my welcome. Yeah. On a big tit. This is like the second or third time already in this podcast you've said something without saying something and I picked up on it. The first oh. one was, but now I know, you were basically saying your mom had small breasts. Oh, my mom knows it. Yeah. Is If she the one who breastfed, was it your mom who breastfed you? I, I, I Sometimes uh, another woman will get in there in oh, like yeah. African villages, yeah. No, my sister's aunts, my sister's cousin-in-law, they would breastfeed each other's children. The um, But I believe that my mother did it as far as I know. Right. But yeah, small breast. You never shake the trauma from be breastfeeding out of a small breast. 
You never, the fucking, just the rattle, just trying to rattle a drop of milk out of something so small. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane that we let a child do it. What's, it's insane. When you sit, think about right now, a kid, yeah. like a lowercase a cup. I just imagine you not being able to get, find anything you're trying to grab. Well, and, you just rat, you know, yeah. you're just hitting the bag. You're just, you know, and there's just <laughs> nothing in there. You're like a wall climber looking for somewhere to put your fingers and there's just nothing. It's just a flat wall. <laughs> it's not it's traumatic it's definitely exactly what you said it's traumatic crazy that you remember that too even though there was no video evidence well i do believe that when i start to i can feel the desperation of it and the why isn't there something there so you f remember the feeling not necessarily the facts well i think i always have that feeling right something i'm missing something something right. isn't available right something isn't complete right so I just take it back to usually things like that probably and not specifically breastfeeding, but just the feminine connect me to a, you know, connecting to a feminine. A feminine. Across the board. Yeah. yeah you know? But do you um, want things to be complete? Like, oh, isn't I, being alive is kind of incomplete. We're only complete when we die and we, you know, God willing, we go out, we go to the party, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I just think if your foundation has a, you know, if you got all the stair steps and you can get onto the porch, you know? Yeah. And so I always feel like we fucking just had a pile of wood right there. <laughs> no, no nails. I like how No you made, plan. That analogy was very, like, that was like your background. You were like, you saw a porch, you went to stairs. I would have gone like elevator, push the button. Oh, wow. Yeah. Were you guys pretty well off growing up? We were okay. We were okay. Yeah, I was. I, my friends had less money. My parents were both lawyers. Oh wow, really? Yeah, but they made like a hundred thousand dollars, which back That's then was like a lot of money. Still a lot. Still a lot, I guess. It's still, but back then, I guess it was a lot, a lot, oh, lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A hundred thousand back then, man. That was as, almost as much as you could have. It seemed like. I don't even think it was possible to have more than a hundred thousand, right? Somebody had a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. I don't. You never heard of anyone. If someone had more than a hundred thousand dollars back then, they hid it. They did not talk about it. They were, yeah, they were. Or they were doing something real illegal. I think yeah, it feels like. I felt the only way to get more than a hundred thousand was illegal. I felt like back then, there was like a cap back then. It seemed like it. Yeah, you know. Um. So we were we were okay. We were pretty well off. Like I went to private school. Oh, so they had wow. enough to send me to private school. Yeah. But back then, private school was like, you know, 10 grand a year, 15 grand a year, something like that. It wasn't like now, which is like, it's you, a lot. You, gotta re, you have to have a lot more than $100,000 to go to private school now. Um, but all my friends went to public school. So they would just, they would always, that's good. yeah, they would always steal money out of my dad's pocket when he left his pants up on the. And do Greeks, uh, yeah, do Greeks carry a lot? I feel like Greeks carry like a lot of cash on them. Always cash. Paranoid really? people. Very are they? Very paranoid, defensive people, yeah. They're, uh, we're, we were formerly enslaved by the Turks, so I think all oh. people who are like, uh, you know, I think the Irish have it a little because the English fucked them. It is heartbreaking, right? Like large Yeah, when you think about it, yeah, yeah, because then all that trauma gets stuck in people and then it's coming out in crazy ways, you know? Yeah. It's coming out in some guy fucking, you know, beating somebody's face in with a hard gyro over here, you know? <laughs> Common crime in the Greek community. It never ends. Yeah, it never when ends. the gyro gets, that's when it, the air damage we were yeah. talking about can happen to a gyro too, yeah. Um. Okay, so now you've been in New York for a long time. You've done comedy over the years. You got shot, you took a break. Who yeah. shot you, do you know? I do know who shot me, yeah. I, well, I, know, I don't know him. He's not like a, I didn't know him personally, but we had to go to trial and everything. He pled not guilty. Oh. Yeah, so I had to sit there and 
testify and uh yeah it was just it was an attempted robbery because i was with the the friend i was with was a promoter so he carried a lot of cash with him so i assume it was an attempted robbery or carjacking or both you know and uh, i was just wrong place wrong time and i made the i maybe the wrong decision or right i mean in that moment you know you're either like free like i just grabbed his arm and tried to get it away yeah. and fired and i was point point blank range i got shot maybe it would have been worse if he was farther away so the bullet had a little chance to i don't know how fast i don't know which bullet goes faster i'm not i'm not a ballistics expert like if a bullet picks up steam or loses yeah, steam does it pick up steam mm. i guess at a certain point it would pick up steam right certain distance there must be an apex if you're a certain distance away where it's the fastest where it could do the most damage i don't know and thank god i was wow. a little fatter then because it got caught in my butt cheek uh -uh. and the bullet stayed in there for is it like, still in there no they took it out a couple mm. years later that was a wild moment when they took it out because uh they put you under and the way i came to and they had me up in stirrups like i was at a gynecologist because the surgery happened right here. Mm -hmm. So I came to like this with my legs up, and I came to when I farted. Uh -uh. And I farted with the doctor and, and the nurse down there, and they were like laughing because I farted. But like I didn't know where I was, and I had to pass gas. And then they took it out. And really? that was, that's, I, that's all I remember about that surgery, and that put an end to that trauma. Really? Right when the bullet came out? Do you feel like it was the, just having the bullet in you still? Like, yeah, it was in there. It like, I oh, don't totally. Know. Yeah, the spirit of it was in there. Yeah. The spirit wow. of it was like an invasion. Like the, the bullet was like, you know, it, was, it, was in my, it wasn't paying rent. Yeah. It was part of my body. All the rest of my organs pay rent. Yeah. And there was this thing in there that was just freeloading. Damn. And I was like, I got to get this freeloader. So finally, we evicted that. We evicted that bad tenant Damn. that was in my leg. And, uh, that's unbelievable man I didn't even know that that happened to you yeah yeah I've spoken about it a few times um, I never really joked about it or made jokes out of it uh, because it was I, it wasn't funny to me it was like that would make me sad and I didn't know what was funny about it now I feel a lot better about it it happened a long time ago you know I yeah. feel like I'm solidly a man now you know as a comic I don't think I became solidly a man till like two years ago really yeah we're all yeah don't you feel like are you growing, you have grandkids? No, I don't have anything like that. I don't, have, I don't even have original children. Yeah. Do you have uh, m fake ones or imaginary replica ones? No, I don't yeah. have any wife or nothing like that yet. I'm planning on getting it though. You do, I know. I learned recently. a lot about it yeah, in your special. Yeah, I watched, let me see, 34 minutes of your special. That's about, that's right. That's probably more than what the algorithm is telling me that people watch. So it you was went, cool, you went man. farther than most people, yeah. It's really, really cool. Thank um, you, man. I appreciate What's the that. name of it? I, I don't, oh wait, oh, I do know what it is. It's called um, something Mom. Mom, mom Love. Mom Love, mom sorry. Love, yeah. Mom Love. No, that, <clears throat> um, anything in the area of mom, it's like pronouncing my name. I'll respond to Yanis, Yonis, Yanis. Yeah, and I could—I mean, I could have looked at the Wikipedia page before. I just forgot what it was named. I'm not trying to say that I don't care. No, I um, know. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So you got the new special out, and this is on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's cool, man. You shot it over there in Madison, which was nice. Really cool spot. Yeah, and when I shot it, I just decided to shoot it that night. I had no plans. It's the same. I did my album a couple years ago at, at Comedy on State, too, uh -huh. which is like. It's a great club. It's just run well, and oh, the audience yeah. is always great. And you know who runs it? Greeks, Greeks right? Yeah, Greeks. That's crazy. Two Greek young ladies and their Greek father, who's really killed it. I mean, he came to this country like with like five bucks, and now he owns he owns like the whole State Street. 
They should yeah. rename it to like Stateaki Street. It's like Greek. Yeah. Greeks conquered. We came and we like, like Alexander, he came and he just took over all the restaurants there. Alexander the Greek, right? Alexander the Greek, yeah. He was Alexander the Great, but yeah, he, he was Greek. He was Greek? Macedonians will say he's Macedonian. Greeks will say he's Greek. They fight about it. And it's like, guys, who cares? It's like one of those inter fighting things where you're like dude like it's like between like serbs and croats you're like guys i can't fucking tell the difference yeah. like the irish the northern irish and southern irish, they're fucking fighting the ukrainians and russians if i put a ukrainian and russian in here right now do you think one out of ten people from any country would be able to tell me what the difference is when they start fucking talking between ukraine and russia what are they fighting over Aren't yeah. they the same kind of like northern? I think a syllable probably. I think there's a couple syllables still on the board for, or like a vowel maybe probably. If they're fighting over anything, it's probably a vowel over there. Because if you hear those people talk, you don't. There's zero vowels involved. Zero. It's just yeah. Yeah. They don't stop. All V's and L's. No, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and then the Norwegians and Swedes, they have their hate for each other. Like people just hate each. Humans like to hate. Yeah. We'll hate whatever's closest. It's just... Well, I think, what do you, and what do you think that is? I think part of it is because you just want to feel, there's some need to feel what? Why do people want to hate? I think part of it is. Uh... What gives you a feeling of feeling okay? Yeah. If I can think this is worse. Yeah. If I can think that that person is is not as good. It's easier. I think it's scary. Like I think eye contact is scary. I think making strong eye contact, if you keep making it, for a long time, I think two people are either going to fight or fuck. Okay. Like, I, you have to look away at some point or else it gets too powerful. Or, like, fall in love. Like, eye contact. That's a good point. I never yeah, thought about that. There's, yeah. like, a spectrum of eye contact. Yeah, you got, at some point, you got to, like, look away. You're like, are we going to fuck? You know? Like, I can't. I mean, or somebody's going to see something in you that you don't want them to see. Or, or that. It's going to be, you're going to be too, uh, you're too insecure. You know, you don't want the person to know you're lying or whatever it is, or you're hiding something. So I think that's the thing that is a barrier always with people. And they're like, fuck you. I don't want you to, yeah, I'm hiding something. I'm not comfortable with who I am. So it just turns into like, hate. yeah, it's got to be that. Huh. Right? I would think, man. I mean, it's interesting. If you're looking for that extra confidence when it's time for sex, well, jump in the wagon, baby. Jump in the dang confidence wagon and floor it. And let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew uh, is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form, chewable form, and at a fraction of the cost. That's right. BlueChew is an online prescription service. No doctor visits, no awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. If you don't like swallowing pills, that's okay. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. That's right. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA. America. On this wiener, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for you. You know it. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Theo at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W dot com. Promo code Theo to receive your first month for free. You know, life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without knowing it. I've been one of those. I still am a lot of times, honestly. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, 
fatigue, and more. We often associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause of it. You know, any of our roles in life can lead us to feeling burned out. And BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. That's nice. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. TPW listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Theo. That's BetterHelp.com slash T-H-E-O. I've needed help, and I've gotten it through BetterHelp, and you can as well. It's That's why I almost became a Quaker. You did? I almost became a Quaker. I almost chose to become a Quaker. Were you going to marry into it or no? No, I was just going to show up one day and be like, I'm down with what you guys are doing. What's the deal? Do I got to do paperwork or do I, you got to dunk me in water? I want to do what you're doing. Because the way they get married, I went to a Quaker school for a little while, Brooklyn Friends, right? Okay. There's like these Quaker schools. And their thing is real beautiful, man. It's about silence. Really? So like every day they have a silent meeting and everyone just sits in silence. And nobody speaks unless they're moved to speak. And then the weddings, the, the, the bride and groom-to-be or whatever they're called. I don't know what the Quakers call them. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. They may have some, like, allegories from potatoes. The Quakers, are, they call the weddings what? I don't know. But at a Quaker wedding. Yeah, I don't know. The way they get married is a guy and the guy and girl who are getting married. Yeah. Just, and all their friends gather around. The guy and girl just sit for about an hour and stare at each other. And everyone sits in silence. And then after about an hour or so, they're just married. And nobody speaks unless God moves them to speak. Mm. And that's it. And I just thought that was so beautiful because if you're sitting with the person you're going to spend the rest of your life with and you're sitting there for an hour, you're probably having every fear, every hope, every insecurity, everything transpire in your head. Yeah. And you're just like, it must be a real, like, just roller coaster of emotions and if you feel good about it after that hour, you know you're probably doing the right thing. But if you start feeling some bad feelings, you probably know you're going to have to cheat. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I guess at that point, you really, all you're left with sitting there after an hour probably is some pure-ass honesty, probably. That's right. Yeah. I, you said it a lot better than I did. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. And then I guess some of your friends, do they speak up in those instances or not? If God moves them, supposedly. But Can you bring that up here? What do we have? Like a Quaker wedding sit-in? Or is it like a... um? Yeah, I wonder what they would call it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they just call it a Quaker wedding. Yeah, it's a good question, man. Yeah. What do they call it? Do Quakers make... Often referred to as the silent ceremony, Quaker weddings differ from the traditional Protestant ceremony in four significant ways. There is no efficient, no giving away the bride. A wedding certificate is signed, and there is a long period of silent open worship after which those attending may speak on the couple's behalf. Hmm. <clears throat> and you know, the Quakers were against slavery too early on. They're pretty, they're pretty like... Clean. Dude, I like that religion, man. It's just kind of quiet and like... No mantra, no dogma. Bring up some images of these folks, huh? Do you yeah. mind? So we know who we're actually considering here. Well, they, they look like the dude on the Quaker Oats box. They all look like that. Dude. Oh, God. Yeah. Really? Still? 
Yeah, they still mm. kind of roll like that. Mm. Get some vans or something at least. Uh, you got, they gotta, they gotta change a little bit. Throw on some damn quicksilver or something, you know? Yeah, some a little more weather appropriate at least. Yeah, Orthodox Jews the same thing. They wear the same wool. Like black suits, even like in the middle of July. Oh, dude, I was at this halfway house, or like not a halfway house, but like a recovery house or whatever. And this Orthodox Jewish dude had to roll in, right? And this, and it's just like, you know, different guys staying in there and stuff. And this guy rolls up, dude. He was dressed like Biggie Smalls, right? It was last summer. Bro, it was, this was in Arizona. It was 104 degrees. This dude rolls up just like Bakey Smalls and had a grill that he would cook his food on in his room at night. Really? Just grilling this like kind of shady fish, kind of like this fucking, you know, I don't know what type of fish it was, but uh, I, it just, it was unbelievable. The dude is pouring sweat. His hands were all sweaty. Every time you shook his hand, it felt like you were like babysitting one of those, uh, like one of those oil spill animals, you know? It was just <laughs> disgusting, bro. I'm like, oh my. I was like, if you were like, get, this will kill you. You can't, this can't be like a heavenly choice or whatever. You'll die in this. Yeah. they. I guess when their mantra or whatever, their dogma says, this is how you dress. Wow. Doesn't change. There's no update. Yeah. Oh. Like there's no, there's got to be Jesus. Like whoever their Jesus is has to come back and be like, Dude, Thank I came back to tell you this because I can't watch you guys suffer anymore. Yeah. You don't have to. You can take a couple layers off when it's hot. Oh, we need tank tops out yeah. here, fam. I like that you called it a shady fish. Was it a shady fish because you just couldn't identify it? I mean, anybody that's grilling room uh, fish in their room on a little grill like that at night, trying to, and he was trying to secretly do it, I think, because one of the rules was you couldn't cook in your room because uh, a lot of people are drug users in there. Uh, so one dude's cooking a fish, one dude's cooking up a batch of whatever, you know, some fireball for his arm, you know? Uh, so it's like the guys will cheat. They're like, oh, he cooking, I'm a cook. So it wasn't the fish that was shady. It was the whole situation what was going on that way he was more shady it was breaking the rules oh, okay so the fish was just a fish yeah all right because i was trying to picture of shady fish being like and he kept wanting like gum or something from it i think he couldn't have gum so he was like breaking it was like i had some kind of candy or something he kept wanting. Oh, it was nerd ropes so this dude fucking kept every time i get my nerd ropes open yeah he could hear the bag from the distance bro from across the desert dude like we with high heels and you oh he yeah he'd come around <laughs> And then watch him just nibble on this nerd rope. This dude, oh, Goimel or something was his name. I don't know. That dude was, oh. Have you ever, uh, like, this is what I like. What, in my background mm -hmm. in New York, there's a lot of, like, Irish Catholic girls, like Catholic, Puerto Ricans. Catholic was a big religion. It's very repressive sexually. I almost felt like when you hooked up with one of those girls, that the repression was worth it for their energy they were so happy like oh, you know like yeah. a religious dude with nerd rope or whatever little thing he can get that's not allowed yeah. it's almost worth it like sexually it's almost worth it for us all to be repressed mm -hmm. to give it a little something extra oh I, I, I think that's what some of the value in the having the repression in religion for sex is yeah it's like to keep some energy in it to keep some fuel in the tank. Yeah. And yeah, there's definitely been a gal, when she gets a hold of your nerd rope, if you will, even, which is still, I didn't even think about that, a great term for a wiener. It is a really good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're definitely more keyed up about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some girls that'll damn floss their teeth with it, you know, yeah. if you let them.
because it's just like so forbidden. Yeah, it's, it's not, just yeah. that forbidden, you know, it's a real dessert. Yeah. <laughs> but if yeah. you just, all day you're just over there with your legs open at the bakery, then you definitely... It becomes trite. It becomes, there's no value in it. Yeah. yeah. No it's value. kind of a lot of our society, we burnt out a lot of the value of things. I think that's where we're at right now. Me too. I mean, we're almost like freedom's gotten too free. Well, pornography's burned down like any, like a lot of sexual energy. So I think you have a lot of marriages that probably are, I wonder if you could calculate how much pornography has killed marriages. It's probably killed a lot, not even marriages, just sex drive and like imagination oh. and, you know, like, uh, it's bad. Pornography's bad. And like, it's bad because there's no smells in it. There's no people's feelings in it. Mm -mm. You're just, it's something got to be very unnatural about just staring at a modern screen, moving pictures of something else that you, you can't smell. It's just like visual and you're, it, it's, it's got to be something bad for your brain there. Oh, dude, I remember biking across town. I'd bike over there. I knew a buddy had a couple of titty mags over there. His daddy hit him, right? And, uh... We'd bike, I kept him in the bathroom, and I'd bike over to his house. It was like seven miles from my house, dude. It took me half of a Sunday to get over there. And I'd bike over there and then just use their shitter all afternoon, and I'd just be in there playing with myself. <laughs> <laughs> they must have thought I was insane, dude. I would come over there on the weekends and be all sweaty. <laughs> Go in there, just use a can for a while touch myself and then drink a bunch of water take a nap and then bike back home hydrate you have to hydrate because you thank god you, you must you, you that means you had a vigorous masturbation lost well, it was a lot of young water. it was yeah. everything you had was in there yeah yeah you really back then you really yeah it was unionized yeah you know what i'm saying the <laughs> shit we got now is fucking <laughs> you're lucky if you get ladder 14 out there yeah you know? yeah the um the mags because I'm from that generation, too. Before. God, the mags. Oh, huh? so I used to put them out like that. I used to put them out. Yeah, and then, like, we would we would share them. One person would be, one friend would be done with them, pass them off to you, and there'd be a circle. Oh. I would put the mags out like that, like four of them, and make my own moving picture just by looking at all of them. Oh, just real yeah, fast? Yeah, just real fast. I would go, like, counter, clockwise, too. And I would just try to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I was kind of ahead of the game when it, like, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little real bit. Spielberg. I was making it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did my, I used my imagination in some way to make this situation a little more valuable. Yeah. Because it's like hard that. to just look at a Calvin Klein ad and just, it's tough. Kate Moss only lasts, you know, it's just like. You know, you need movement. You need something else. Yeah. I need more. Yeah, I'm a guy who needs a little more. You know, I need love. I need a woman, to, you know, to be distant. I need her to be adopted. Like, I, that's what I need. Yeah. In order for me to feel something, I need her to have some real big issue that I'm trying to solve that'll never be solved, that I can chase. Mm, like, um... Adoption's a good one. Adopted women are... Like a Nicolas Cage movie, almost. That's a hole you can never fill. The rejection from the mother... So is Amber Heard adopted? I would like if she. I would not be surprised if she was adopted. She has know. that vibe to her. She's is she a adopted? Vixen. Let's look it up. I'm taking a. I'm taking a guess. Because adopted, adopted people just that the rejection from the mom is just on that level. You know, a lot of us don't get the nurture and all that, but like to just to say he, I don't want it. That's something you can't fill. But so there's something alluring to it. Amber Heard. Can't see those. Are you, do you find her attractive, Can Amber you Google Heard? Google it, bring it in here. Her was born, so not adopted. Mm. 
Yeah, I don't think she was adopted. She's a younger sister named Whitney. Huh. Um, do I? I actually, a buddy of mine had a birthday, and she and I both like spoke at his birthday or whatever. Did like a little. I don't think it's like a eulogy. I don't know what it is, but like a thing, you know. And uh, so that was kind of interesting. Just one time getting to like. Um. Met her just briefly. I don't know. I I, I don't. To me, she's not that. She's not my type. I don't think. But what's your type? Mm, just probably different than her. Maybe. Okay. Not blonde. Not blonde hair girls don't like me really. No, they've never. I'm getting a lot of blonde. You know, what do you get, man? What do you have? I know you got one. You especially have some great jokes about weddings, man. I was howling. Thank you, dude. I appreciate that. I was howling, dude. Thank you. Uh, my my wife, she's she's Greek. Oh wow! Do you have to marry a Greek? I didn't have to, and I did, which is weird, because my parents didn't care about that at all, and I did it, which makes me figure why did I do that? But I love her. I love my wife. There you go. Good. That's a good. Start. And I didn't marry her because she was Greek. I just married her because the vibe was nice. Mm -hmm. I got I, I I when I met her, I think I was at a point in my life where I'd made so many mistakes. I don't regret any of them because they were all fun. They were just meant to end. Some of the funnest shit is just meant to end. Mm. And so like you can't ever, you just look back and go like, oh, that was fun, but it was meant to end. It, you know? Dude, that's such an interesting statement, man. Yeah, I think so. Because I think nobody ever hears that statement. Yeah. And so a lot of us get stuck in this space. Oh, the it has to keep going or there's, but yeah, some of the fun is meant to end. Wow, that's also what makes it fun. That's what makes Damn. it so fun. You know, this- uh, That's powerful, dog. Yeah, I mean- That's like damn Steve Austin. That's powerful like Steve Austin. Yeah, I mean, everything has a balance here. It's a finite universe. You run all the way in this direction, you're going to come out on the other side like Miss Pac-Man. Like, yeah. this is not an infinite universe. So it's always seeking balance. And like, the funner something is, you know, the more you're going to pay for it later. You're either going to pay in life. People think they're not going to pay, but that's just because you didn't have to pay up top. Sometimes you walk into a restaurant, you know, and you order first, get the food, but the check's coming. Yeah. Even though you ate, you think you ate, and you're gonna now nah, you got, or you're gonna be washing dishes. Yeah. But you're gonna pay. There's always a cost. It's just either you pay up front or you pay later. Damn. So yeah, if it's that fun, it's like the check's coming. The were check's you? Coming. Did you have? Were you? Did you think you wouldn't get married? Yeah, I was. I, I didn't think I was gonna marry. Have kids? All that stuff frightened me because of issues and stuff. Uh, you know. Uh, parents were divorced. Parents had really had animosity towards each other, and uh, my mother was like a little cold. You know, she wasn't very nurturing. Oh yeah, yeah. So that makes it a little intimacy a weird thing. Did you ever go to any of the recovery meetings or get in the programs or like no, that? Or no? no, no, no. I do go to therapy though. Therapy helps. Therapy helps if, if me a lot. Yeah. My therapist, I love. I think he's great. You know, I just connect with him and. It works for me. It's, it's a man now. You got a man. It's a man now. I'm a man. I think I'm a man enough now to be able to open up to a man. Wow. Back then it was just like I had to be a woman because I felt too vulnerable. Now I could cry in front of a man, dude. I could fucking cry in front of a man. I mean, I don't cry a lot. I haven't cried a lot, but I can. Fuck yeah. I can fucking do it. Fuck yeah. If dude. it came to it, like it, you know, we got in like a serious fucking convo. I wouldn't hide it. Oh, I'll cry against anybody. Yeah, dude. I'll fucking cry. I'll put on fucking shoulder pads and a helmet and cry. <laughs> 
cry the fuck out of a fucking I'll fucking two tutties, dog. I'll get two touchdowns and fucking cry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, dog? I don't give a damn, son. Yeah. You're comfortable with who you are, then that means, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. I'll cry for 400 yards, dog. Yeah. And six touchdowns, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm not afraid to do it. You got like a, you got like a, I love your, I said it before. I think I might have said it on someone's podcast, but like, you got a rhythm to you. It's like listening to comedy jazz. Oh, it's thanks, like, man. And then you're imagining, you're painting these pictures and you're like, wow, you're just like there. You go, wow, the fuck is a shady fish there? You start to see it. You start to see the the fish acting shady. You see the dude, like you paint a picture with your comedy. It's And it's jazz. It's very, very, very rhythmic. Thanks, very, man. Like, like, is that, maybe that's like Louisiana. Maybe that's that influence of kind of just like, yeah, that maybe rhythm. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. When I'm feeling good, everything feels pretty good. I always you know? feel rude around a Southerner. Do I, you? I feel rude. I feel like my rhythm is rude. Like I'm, you know what I mean? Oh. Like, cause I'm good friends with Nate. Like me and Nate came up together, Nate Bargatze. Oh yeah, yeah. And I always he's felt great. rude around. Like he's, and he always kind of was like, chill, like always telling, his body language is always telling me chill, like chill. Right. Like, what are you? And I'm like, I'm just living, man. And he's like, yeah, but it's, it, you, you know. That's, You're living at a high level. Yeah. At a high octane. At a level that's like, not where I want to be. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm taking, you know. Yeah, Nate has a real pass. He's real. He has a real, not passiveness, but just like a pacificity to him. Yeah. He's real, real yeah. calm. He seems organized. Yeah. Like he'd be a good general, I think. Like a yeah. quiet general. Yeah, maybe maybe things would have been different if he was back then. Maybe the South, he, they lost. Maybe they were a little too laid back. Yeah. You guys lost that. Well, I think we had good generals, but I think we just didn't have. Uh, well, I don't know if we let enough of the. If they would, if they would have used more, if they would have had more slaves fight as well. Yeah, you know? but the, the cause wasn't right. Yeah, yeah. I think the whole thing was kind of discombobulated. It was definitely discombobulated. Yeah, that yeah. was a, discombobulated is a good word to say. Do you think that they we could ever get back to another civil war? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I do. Yeah, but it wouldn't be the same states against each other this time. Um, yeah, who? That's an interesting thing to think because it's about. different. It's not like yeah. What would it be? What would it be over? It may not even be geographical. It may be more uh, city versus country, where like the countries just had enough, dude. I I feel like it could be religious almost too, even yeah, where people want more religious beliefs or religious based beliefs i don't know i think maybe a re i think maybe a religious dictator may be the only thing that could pull us back together like joel Osteen, if he got in power at talk i mean he's got a mullet his, i was just thinking i didn't even he's got a mullet kind of right he's got kind of that soft boy mullet like somebody yeah. that plays second base that kind of gets a mullet yeah you know? yeah he's not but fully still wants no he's still trying to be handsome yeah <laughs> you got to grow it past handsome. Yeah, you got to full balls. Well, once you grow your mullet past handsome, dude, that's when you know you. That's that's when it knows you want it. <laughs> so it's comfortable. You you're comfortable with it. It's a full commitment. You're married. At that point, you're in a relationship with your hair. Yeah. Once you sat yeah. there for an hour together, he's just dating his hair right now. Yeah. He's yeah. still. It's still like yeah. Yeah. It's still in the dating phase. Yeah. What would a civil war be about? Um, it would probably be about abortion. Uh, abortion would be one of them. Um, you bathrooms. People really upset about bathrooms. Like, yo, man, some one group's like, yo, we got enough bathrooms. And another side's like, yo, we need more bathrooms. Yeah. And it's ironic because construction workers, 
most of the time believe in less bathrooms, but it would be good for their business to build more. You know what I mean? That's a great point. Even think yeah. about that. Yeah. And I always wanted to. I always wanted to know if there should be like, I don't like. Should there be gay and straight bathrooms? Gay and straight as well. Well, because if I'm a gay dude, yeah, and I get to roll into a place yeah. where other dudes has their penises out, yeah, it's like yeah. a fat dude walking into a barbecue. Oh, restaurant. dude, I'm you like, this eat. is yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay, right? Well, I, I, I'm not saying it's anything wrong with it. No, but I understand I'm what just you're saying. Questioning, like, yeah. you know, is that or if there's a should there be? Hey, I'm a pedophile. Do can I just go pee by myself somewhere to keep me on? Whatever path, you know, to keep me away from, you know what I'm saying? Like, how often do you separate it? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. These are really difficult problems to solve. Because what if you know you're a pedophile, right? You know it. Pedophile. And you don't want to go in there. Yeah. You don't want to go in there because it's just. Pedophile is a very hydrating, very hydrated pedophile. Because you mix pedialyte and, and, uh, and pedophile. Let me just turn. That's that's me just on turn silent. Your phone off. Yeah, just turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> crazy yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't know. Because it, it's just like we keep separating everything. We keep separating everything. You know. Well, we I, you kind of have to. That's the problem. Like to govern this whole thing. That's the problem with freedom. It's like the oxymoronic thing about freedom is, uh, you know, I need to be okay with you doing something different. And, I, and you need to be okay with me doing something different, but by virtue of the fact that we're okay with us doing something different because we're free, we don't want to hang out with each other, so we separate. Mm. And then somehow you got to be like, we're okay. it's got to be like a detente. Like, hey, man, you're going to that club, I'm going to this club. You believe in that, I believe in that. Obviously, we're not going to hang out because we believe different things, but that's going to create separation and eventually cause a problem Yeah, that threatens freedom. So it's kind of like this built-in oxymoronic tenant to fucking what freedom is. It's like built to fail. And that's right. why authoritarians always come in and just make everything the same, you know? And then you're like, fuck, that was inevitable. And then that gets stale because, you know, you need you need Jewish people to complain in order for things to get better. Yeah. You know, like if Hitler got what he wanted, they wouldn't, nothing would get better because there's nobody around to be like, ah, this place is a little too small. It's a little too hot. We need to change this. The food's a little cold. And then they, nobody knows what's good or not. But then that never ends, though. Yeah, you, you got to curtail it back. I think at some point you got to Christian it back a little. Christian because it back. Then it's like if you get so far down that this is wrong, this is then you're just at the point where it's like the freedom thing. It's like when does this ever right? It's like too negative, too negative, too negative. Right. Well, it's like we're never. There's always going to be a problem. Right. Right. Like and, at some point you can't always have a problem. Right. At some point things have got to be like this is good enough. Right. Because then that's that, that fosters greed. Because you're like, it's not, uh, this is bad, this is bad. Maybe this will fix it. This will fix it. There's a problem every way you look. Right, there's a problem every way you look at everything. It's tough. The only way to have, be okay is for us to just fucking die. Do you think, <laughs> I've thought about this sometimes. Like, do you think that humans are supposed to be here? When you look at the rest of nature, it's really interesting. It's like. You know, it's really fascinating to me. At this point in my life, I believe that we're, our perspective is as involved in what reality is as reality is in and of itself. Huh? You what know do what you I mean? mean? Like uh -uh. me and you could be going through the same town, okay. right? And like, let's say I'm hungry. Like what, walking through it or driving? Well, we're strolling. Okay. We're strolling. 
Or, or does that even matter? It doesn't even matter, but I okay. like the visual of it. We're okay. walking, hanging out. We're talking. All right. It's a real mellow talk. We're chilling. Your mullet's moving a little bit because it's a little breeze. Oh, yes. Yeah. Nice. My hair looks stupid because my mother-in-law cut it. Yeah, And I, nice I got to figure out a way to get out of that, but that keeps happening. Well, you guys live with her. He, well, you know, I told her once I got another haircut and she like made some like passive aggressive comments and now I'm like, I'm locked into this haircut. Dude, when I was young, this lady, Miss Bobby, used to cut my hair, right? And she wasn't even, I don't, I don't know if she haircut or not, but she had a stroke one time and I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know if she was doing something or whatever. I just met her. And so I fucking sat in this room, bro, in the haircutting chair while she laid on the floor for like six minutes. Dude, I had no idea what was going on. What was, did you ever find out or? Huh? Did, yeah, her daughter know. came in the room and was like, oh my God, they're having a stroke and they called the ambulance. Holy shit. But it shit. was crazy, man. I just remember, I didn't know. I didn't know if she had taken a nap or if she was just so old or something, you did know? Did that cause any trauma for you while you're getting a haircut? Are you like, do you keep asking, are you okay? <laughs> I, I, I actually ended up cutting my own hair at some point in my life for like Probably 17, 15, 17 years. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> so we're walking in the place. Okay. You're hungry. I'll I, I say you're hungry. I want to fuck. All right. Right. So since we're walking, we're inhabiting the same reality, but you're, you're driven by a desire to eat. I'm driven by a desire to fuck. So okay. you're going to notice all the food places. Mm -hmm. I'm going to notice all the whores. Okay. So our realities are different. So mm. our desires and our perceptions, I think, create what reality is as much as what it actually is. We're walking through the same place, right. but we're noticing different things. So the reality is different for both of us, even though there's this blank slate of what it is. So it's sort of that thing, does a, does a, does a tree make a sound in the forest if nobody's there to hear it? Um, yes and no, because you need the faculty of sound to be able to hear it so without humans at all um it doesn't make a sound but the only way it, it the reason why sound is a phenomenon is because we have ears so we wouldn't even be asking a question if there was no people here mm. so you need both for even the question to be asked so we're part of this we're like look you built this whole shit this is your imagination like this is like this is just uh, this is just a manifestation of ideas this is part of reality now, but this was in you. You were like, I like this picture here. I want that thing there. I want smart waters for my guests. This, there's, this is all, this is Theo, like manifested. So like you've, this is reality, right? But this is, you've made it. And this is like, you've, you've built it. You yeah. built reality. You know, reality wasn't here without you. It's like, you know, so it's, it's a little bit of a, a symbiotic relationship happening at the same time. So we kind of like build reality while we're going, like a dark tunnel with nothing. Well, do you think that we've, be, uh, sometimes I wonder if years from now we'll look back and be like, holy shit, we went down a crazy, uncomfortable path of the reality we built, you know? And like, will we look back and be like, oh man, that whole path they took was wrong and this is the correct way to go. Like, I, I just feel like sometimes we've gotten so far from like nature and things that really like intrinsically like make us feel good. Maybe, yeah. That we're so far from those receptors even Maybe. that it's getting like kind of not dour because life is, you know, there's a lot of great moments. But overall, is it is and I want it could just be American society doing well. You know, I don't know. Comfort corrupts eventually. It feels like that yeah, a little bit. It does. Maybe you're right. Maybe like we would feel more fulfilled if we were still hunting and. Women still had hair on their vaginas and stuff like that. There was a little, a little more unpleasantries that we were used to. 
because when you make things pleasant, 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 then you want more pleasant, more pleasant. You're like, yeah. oh, there's no hair to choke on when I'm eating her pussy, but now I want her pussy to taste yeah. like honeydew. <laughs> and you just keep going and you keep going. Yeah. To like, you actually start putting syrup in there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's which is bad. where we're at. Which is where we're at. Like if, if, no, if it doesn't taste like syrup, then we're a little dissatisfied. Yeah. I mean, people are selling freaking, you know, uh, condiments and stuff like that for the body and the crotch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What else, man? We had some good news topics that came up. What, ha what What's happening in the news, guys? Let me see. What do we have here? Is that you as Abraham Lincoln? I guess it is. Yeah. Someone made that. That's really a nice thing. Somebody drew with all the different faces on it. That's very cool. All the podcasts before everything fell apart. Yeah. Because <laughs> it used to be a real scene right and now it's like yeah it still is it's yeah. just like more individual scenes yeah. you know yeah do you feel that because you guys were doing it you guys did you, first you guys had history history, history hyenas, hyenas right yeah me and chris and what happened was there a reason you guys to uh took it off he just run its course yeah kind of ran its course he wanted to do different things and uh you know uh i wanted to do different things and uh you know we ended it kind of on a high note i guess like you know um i know there's a lot of speculation about it and all this but you know it, is you, there yeah, there's a lot of speculation, but in retrospect, when you look back, you're like, yeah, I'm kind of, we're, we're probably both glad it ended when it did, and fans should be happy it ended when it did. You know, it, it got a real cult following, people were really into it. Me and Chris had a real rhythm t that we built, and uh, it was this two-man comedy, which I love, man. It's like, a, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I just love feeling, a, you know, it's like, me and you would be real good friends. Because it's not totally smooth, but there's moments where it's smooth. But if we spent a lot of time together, it would get really smooth. Oh, wow. But it's real. I mean, the, the bumpy moments are kind of real, right? That's yeah. what, That's how I kind of like liked my wife. Because I, I usually, I'd, like if I was seduced by a girl, I'd, I'd fall in love with her. And then it would turn to shit. And I'm mm. like, that's not the right way to go. And then the people who I want to be around, it's always a little, there's work. Because anything that's real takes work. Yeah. So like my wife, I didn't have a great time the first time. She bored the hell out of me. I hope she doesn't watch this podcast. Really? Yeah, she bored the hell out of me. She just sat there fucking silent. And I remember my friend, who unfortunately is going through a rough time right now. But he told me, I was complaining about it. I was like, she doesn't talk. She doesn't say anything. And he's been married for a long time. And he was going, he was going, he was going like that. So you're complaining about that? <laughs> and then that changed my perspective, which changed uh, my reality. And I was like, oh shit, maybe that is a good thing long-term that she's kind of chill, comfortable in her own skin, doesn't need to talk all the time. Because yeah. people who need to talk all the time are usually covering up for the fact that they're, they feel insecure, they're bored. And I changed my whole fucking outlook on it. Wow. And then you end up marrying her. And then I ended up marrying her. So it's like, I love, I love the two man. I love, like, I had a character and I had a, my friend who passed away, Angelo. We did this live show and this, we did this two man comedy, man. Like Angelo I, Bowers? No. Uh, Angelo uh, Lozada, mm. New York comic. And uh, he passed away. And um, it was just, there's something magical about when you're connecting with someone on a comedic vibe and the two, you don't know where it's going. Yeah. And you create something bigger than yourself. Anytime you're creating something bigger than yourself, is a beautiful thing. I think a lot of times people get depressed or anxious because they're thinking about themselves too much because we're boring. The thing is, we may think we're great, but we're all just kind of like shitty humans walking around shitting and pissing and yeah. having itchy balls and like we're dying slowly with air air hardenings happening to us. Isn't that wild that oxygen, the same thing that keeps us alive, is also slowly killing us? That's what happens. Really? Just like a fruit. Damn. Fruit, the air gives the fruit life, but if you if you leave it too long, the air actually kills the fruit. It rots it. That's air exposure, overexposure. Damn, it's, it's like Aaron Brockovich kind of. It's, <laughs> it's exactly like Aaron Brockovich. Fuck. And um, so I love that two-man thing, and that's what me and Chris had. And um, 
And maybe it just kind of reached its thing where it was like, all right, we did it, you know? And like, when you look back, you're kind of like, that comedy exists for the three years and then he's doing great stuff. I'm doing something different. And Was it scary to change? That would be the part that's scary for me, the scary part to change, to think like, okay, something else is going to come along that's going to fill this space or I'm gonna, this is going to affect my creativity or it's going to affect my livelihood even, like my ticket sales or my people to be able to hear me. Did those kind of things come into your head? Because that comes into my head because I do another podcast. You know, I think about, well, if I didn't do this or, or if I didn't do this or, you know, now we're all our own businesses so much that it's like if I let go of one little segment of my business, is that going to mess everything up? It gets scary. Yeah, I used to worry a lot more. With that, I didn't worry at all. And even thinking about it when you were asking it, it's like, I don't I guess I guess that means I matured a little bit cuz it's like maybe you believe in yourself a little more or you just trust something's going to happen you believe in your talents and also taking me accepting my own mortality which was something that always scared me yeah uh helps because it takes the pressure off everything it's like if it's good or it's not it doesn't matter like because it's ephemeral it's going away anyway so might as well try to connect to people might as well try to have a good time whether there's money involved or not, as long as I'm having a good time, the experience is the same. Mm -hmm. Like if me and he, you were sitting here, this is a huge podcast, right? Um, if it was a small podcast, what would be the difference in the feeling that me and you were having? There'd be no difference, yeah, right? There'd be no difference between like what we're trying to do here, trying to get to know each other, which is a, a you know a challenge for like we're just meeting each other too, and it's filmed because why not monetize that in this era? And it, <laughs> it's crazy, like sometimes huh? my wife talks. I'm like, don't speak unless you fucking we got cameras rolling. Um, so it's I know. Like, the other day I invited a friend up uh, <laughs> that I don't know, but like kind of a buddy out for lunch, and I was like, fuck, it feels insane inviting somebody <laughs> out, but not to podcast because <laughs> it gets so busy. But go on, I interrupted. Yeah, yeah, no, but I was just saying it, it's uh, that takes the pressure off for me a lot. That takes the pressure off when I think about that. And I put mm. things into perspective and go like when you're talking about do I get scared, like scared about like, oh, it's going to hurt my ticket sales or my livelihood. That fear always creeps in. But then I realize like, even if it does, you know, I'm dying anyway. Or even if it doesn't and I get money, I'm still dying anyway. So hopefully I'm having a good time. Damn. And the one thing I did, the silver lining from having that moment when I got shot and that I can share. And it, it is an experience that not a lot of people have that I did have yeah. where you think you're going to die. In that moment, you think it's over. And I did not like the way I felt because you have this moment, it's like a dream where you, it's hard to explain. Like, you know, like a dream, it's like, how did that happen in two seconds? How did, I, how did that whole story happen? And then scientists are saying like, it only happens in a second. Your brain somehow does that thing where you get like this recap where you look at yourself, you have this feeling about who you are, what mm. you've done, everything. And uh, I was like, oh, I didn't like it. And so thankfully I was able to not die then. But I also burdened with this knowledge of like, fuck, I don't want to feel that again. So like when I have that moment when I'm dying, I want to be chill. I want to be able to be like, I like who I am. I like what I did. I like the way I lived. I was true to whatever it is I want to do or who I am. And I, I tried at least or to be brave or to be me or whatever it is. Was it, it felt important in that moment. And like, uh, wow. so I guess that's the silver lining of that moment. It sucked other than that. And like knowing like, oh shit, that's what you live for. You live for that moment. You want that moment to be peaceful. You want that moment because that moment is coming. There's no way to Damn. avoid it for any of us. So all this other shit comes and goes, ups and downs, but that shit is a certainty. 
and you have that moment of awareness. That's interesting. Are you, are you able to recreate that moment in any, any other way in your life that you've noticed since then? Are there moments where are there times no. you're like, oh, this is a little bit of a recreation of that? No. Wow. No. No. There's so much going on. It's so weird, that fucking moment, man. It's a weird moment. Fuck, where were you laying down? No, I was in the car. So you were sitting in the car? I was sitting in the car dealing with him while it was happening, and also, that's why I'm saying it's so weird, was also like having all these thoughts, you know, and like feelings about people I love, bad things I've done. And you're bleeding. I'm, I'm bleeding. It's all happening. It happens in a second. The yeah. sound, it's, I can't even remember the sequence of it. It's just kind of happening, and you're in the moment. And uh, you're in two places. I'm in the moment reacting, doing the things I was doing with him, like we were tussling. And uh, I was also like someplace else in this fucking like last moment place where you're something in you knows like, oh shit, this is it. Cause I didn't think I was living. I mean, I'm in a car. I know I'm shot. It feels ominous. You know, I don't know. I just, you, you, my mind just went, this, I'm dying. This is it. It's over. The whole thing's over. You're in this effect. You, you, you can cognitively know you can cognitively say to yourself, life is finite, but you can't really feel it. No, you can't feel it. Un unless you're in it. And then you're like, oh fuck. And it's all like the, the reality of it being so ephemeral and all going away is just like, it's freaky, man. It's like a, just now when I was talking about it, I was like, oh, that's free. It's a, you feel oh, like. Oh yeah, when you get that feeling sometimes, like this is all gonna disappear one day, it's fucking. Like just now I felt translucent. Spooky. I felt invisible just even when I was talking about it. I felt like uh, wow. blurry. It's like, oh, fuck, this is all blurry, you know? In its essence, it's like really like an abstract painting. There's nothing defined and we're on the way. It's weird. And so, I don't know. That was a good, that was a silver lining of that moment. Damn. But it also takes the pressure off. It's scary, but it takes the pressure off going like, hey, what, you know. Yeah. If you're having fun, what's the difference? Yeah, because sometimes I'm like, am I how much fun? What am I doing? How much pressure am I putting on myself? You know, I think about those things all the time. Am I working? You know, just like, it's hard sometimes to... Um, do you have any like hobbies you like to do outside? Like something else where you're not thinking about? Yeah, I like yourself? doing jujitsu and I like doing... Um, what else do I like doing? Playing Wordle, playing Scrabble on my phone. Um, How do you feel when you're doing those things? You probably feel no anxiety when you're doing those things. Pretty chill, yeah. Yeah, that's what I it like is. talking to my brother. Um, those are all chill fucking... Having dessert. Having <laughs> dessert is a great moment. Good, huh? That's a real good moment, yeah. Fuck. That brings a lot of good feelings. I had a couple dessert. last night, boy, had too many. I like going to different meetings and shit. Uh, what, um... Let's, let's pull that news story that came back up. Let's get it one more time. I'm curious as to what happened with the wedding and stuff. Like, where you said, did you have dating issues? What was just some of your stuff there? Because I have a ton of that shit, man. Yeah, well, the the wedding material you're talking about, right? Oh, the wedding material. Yeah. But no, just like you had said, like, yeah. you know, you didn't think you were going to get married. Because yeah. I worry about that sometimes. I was scared, man. Like, when it came... When uh, it comes to commitment for me, it's real hard. It's real hard. And I had the same thing. I, I, I give a lot of credit to my buddy Paul Verzi, who's a comic who has been married for a long time has kids, they're kind of grown up, was kind of like married before he started making money as a comedian. And that was like his priority was family. And that's what he wanted. And uh, he just helped me. He kind of was my like, he was like my maverick. He guided me in with that. Like he helped me get the ring. He showed me where to go. He, he talked me through the feelings. Like on the night I was going to propose, this is honest to God the truth. 
I felt everything in my body was like, I just want to leave. Wow. I just wanted to get in the car and drive, like Thelma and Louise. I don't even know where I was going. Drive away? I just want to drive... drive away. I didn't wow. want to do it. Every wow. fear hit me. And then I did it, and it felt incredible. It was incredible wow. when I did it. But it, I, it, it was the opposite before I, could, I was, couldn't sit still in my skin. Like I was just like- I can feel that. Oh God, I was just uncomfortable. I wanted to leave. I wanted to get out of my body, out of the situation. Would, but, but okay, so you have those feelings, but were, was it telling you the situation is wrong? It, it, the feeling was telling wow. me the situation is wrong. Everything's wrong. I was doing everything, but it was just the fear of commitment. You know, it was a fear of commitment. It was the fear of the choice I was making which I knew would have consequences. That was something outside of myself and it has to do with my issues growing up. And uh, it's hard, oh. it's hard to face that shit. That's the scariest thing I could ever think scariest. of. Scariest, yeah. And look, marriage is like, it's it's work, but it's like stand-up's work too, right? And we love stand-up, we love comedy, it's work sometimes. Um, but like flying on planes and doing all that shit's work, but then when we're on stage, that's the good part. So it's like, it's real. Our our love for stand up is real, and I look at my love for my wife, and I'm like, it's real. You know, we fight, uh, we have different opinions, but uh, overall, like we support each other. All the good you get out of it is just puts everything in perspective about everything else is not being important. And, and like it's family. You have a new family, yeah, and family never leaves, and you have a womb. You're like you have a cozy's place. You have a cozy place where you can, she's asleep. I, you know, I go down in the basement and I put my hand on my balls. I watch a game and I feel I'm at home. And that's just a nice feeling. Even mm. if she's not with me, which sometimes is nice. She's oh, in another yeah. room. Yeah. Jesus, more rooms. That's why it's like <laughs> fucking more rooms, basements, upper basements. Yeah. And then when you have a kid, it's like, that's the thing, man. I mean, I hate to be so cynical about it, but... No, this is all interesting because I feel a lot of these things. A lot of people do, I think. I mean, even when I'm watching your special and the talking about the wedding and stuff and just a lot, it's like, fuck. When you have a kid, uh, you realize what the meaning of life is. It's pretty cynical. It's no different than a string bean or a cockroach. It's like the meaning of life is kind of just like to reproduce. That's what all animals are doing. And when you do it, it's like nature. You, you don't even have a choice. You just have these feelings of, you know, you loving something more than yourself. And then you're like, everything just feels easier because like, oh, you're like, oh, that's that's what it's about. You're a little like, oh, this is fucking, this isn't that, this is, it's pretty cynical. Like there's no like great philosophy to figure out or no apex feeling. It's just like to give oh. to her or him or, they or they be or whatever your kid I them <laughs> yeah it's just one but yeah yeah we only have one seat yeah <laughs> but uh that that takes you out of yourself so maybe anything that takes you out of yourself oh yeah makes you happy something bigger than you or outside of you yeah that's the root of a lot of recovery stuff too is just feeling better is just getting out of yourself you I, I respect addicts the most in fact like I tell my really good friend who's an addict that he's my role model and I mean that because I know what he has to do. I know what he has to go through. And he's built a family and he's sober and just being sober and that he works out so much and put his addiction in another place. It's just, I know how hard what he does is. I know what he's going through. I have people very close to me who have who have lost that battle for now in, in big ways that are painful. Um, and then him to be able to day by day, 
he's just my role. That strength for me, like yeah. that's who I look up to. Mm. Like I look up to him really. It has nothing to do with career or anything like that. It's like, you know, I know he's he's fighting that battle and I, I, I just... I have all the respect for people who have to do, who go through that. You know, I'm lucky enough. It's just lucky that you don't have that. You yeah. Know, it's like my dad, my dad told me, he, he was very cynical, but he told me everyone, it's luck. Most of life is luck. And that was very disconcerting here as a young person. But the way he explained it is like, even if you have your health, like he, Michael Jordan, you go, oh, Michael Jordan, that's not luck. That's it. Yeah, 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 it is. But like, he's lucky he didn't get hit by a car. Right. He's lucky. We're always lucky if we're like healthy or like, you know, nothing bad's happened because we don't control that shit. You know, right. There could be right. a shooter coming here right now and end us. Yeah, and God you already got it. shot. Yeah. <laughs> so at this point, probably going to be your boy right here. Damn, yeah, bro. what are the chances it happens twice? I don't want that. No, you don't want that. But yeah, I can just totally, man, my whole life I've had that commit, that when it comes to relationships and stuff like that commitment, you know, like not even never wanting to be totally attached to somebody else, you know, like even my girlfriends, I would introduce them a lot of times by their first and I would just say, this is my friend or this is like, I would never want to fucking have somebody else have a say in who I was, you know? Um, that means you're independent, you're strong. I mean, it does, but yeah. it's also about commitment. Like, right. you know, it's really about, that's true. Some of it could be independence, but yeah. I think some of it's about like, um, yeah, I just want to be totally stand on my own. And I don't want, if somebody thinks something of that person, I don't want it to them think of me, like it's like I have some. You don't want the, it to negatively reflect on you. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of a crazy, selfish way to think. It's not yeah. even, it's not a choice I make. It's something that was baked into me. Right. You know, it's something that I know isn't healthy or conducive to feeling okay. Isn't it weird how we're like these sensitive, like of this, all the species, we're like this, this most sensitive with feelings and Freudian issues. Like a turtle doesn't think about his childhood. Yeah. A turtle's not like my mom didn't. <laughs> But it's very valid for humans. It's weird. Like they don't have issues. They they don't need therapy. Animals don't need therapy. Yeah, it's that's why sometimes I'm like, are we this loose end of existence that's not, are we like the appendix, you know? Are we like this thing that wasn't supposed to be there? Like, you know, like the show Lost kind of? Are we like <laughs> the thing that wasn't supposed to happen? If you lined all the animals and stuff up, like we kind of fit in a little. yeah. But we're definitely the outsider. For sure. Big time. We need pavement. We need toilets. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Maybe this is just an evolutionary mistake, like a, you know, like a byproduct of like that uh, evolutionary will that carries species through time in, uh, into survival. And maybe we're just a, yeah, maybe we're just a product of that will and they get you know, you're like, ah, oh, well, that, it, the end result of that is not supposed to be what it is because we kind of mastered it. All the other animals still have some weaknesses, but we're like Superman of the species. Yeah, we're making yeah. shows about, I mean, it's like we're like, re, we're like, yes. <laughs> we're like, yeah, like we're, we're making shows about life. <laughs> and we're like, you're living it. We're like, we're doing it twice. Right. So, well, yeah. We're, we're doing like, holograms. We're perfecting. We're making it look perfect even though it's not. Right. It's like- yeah. It's interesting, man. It's interesting to think. Uh, yeah. But then also I can feel a God a lot of times. I can feel that there's a power that's greater than me, you know? Gotta be. So it's like that makes you think you're connected to something else, that there is some purpose, you know? Because I can, I mean, I have no doubt that I feel a God, you know? So, I mean, it's just my perception. 
maybe maybe that's what it's maybe we evolved in order to to fucking bitch all the other species who think they're the shit because they walk around arrogant they're not humble we're the only animal oh, who yeah can be you're humble. right I mean, fucking lions walk around like their shit don't stink, dude. And it's like, look, I get it. You're beautiful. They're so beautiful. They're fucking killing machines and they run shit. But not anymore. Not anymore, dude. We'll get some fat, lazy trophy hunter who's a CEO over here who wants to feel because he's got too much who come and just shoot you for sport. Damn. So don't fucking walk around like all like that. It's not like that anymore. That's it's true. not all like that. You can't be rolling around the jungle like that. So maybe we... Like yeah. we get humbled by God, maybe we're their God and that's was our purpose because they were fucking acting up. Maybe they were all sinning. Like why the fuck they got to be dicks like that? Why does a hyena have to kill his his brother and sister just to, you know, just because he wants to be the the bad one and show his mother that he can survive more? Why not why not help him? Why not find out what he's good at? He's your brother. Yeah, he's not as strong as you, but maybe he's good at puzzles or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, raccoons eat their children if they want to have more sex. They they're probably going to hell. That's bad. That's sinning. They have to. So maybe we were like their God and be punishing them. You could easily, if you open the door to, imagine you open the door to hell and there aren't a million raccoons in there. <laughs> you would have to be disappointed. You'd be like, dude, the, the, they're allowed to do that. <laughs> and I'm going to hell because I cheated on my math test. That would be, that would be bad. Dude, there's a picture of a, some dogs having sex when we we're young. And my brother and I are both hugging one of the dogs around the neck. <laughs> Pretty cool. Wait, say that again? There's a picture of two dogs mating, our neighbor's dogs, and yeah. my brother and I are both hugging one of the dogs around the neck. We don't know that they're mating. Oh, okay. We just think they're buddies or you know, like Yeah, because you said that and I was like best oh, friends. That that was that's a that's a moment right there. Yeah. Well they were fucking and you just guys got in. <laughs> Great picture. Probably never never happened. Yeah. You might that might be one of the only times two people hug two animals while they were mating and got a picture out of it. Yeah. Like that that's one of those rare things you like to is Theo and his brother the only people who did that? Who made that happen? Yeah, you could Google that right now. It would not be there. That's one of those things. You could Google most things. Something would come up. I guarantee you if he Googles right now, two brothers hugging two animals fucking. Let's two see Two brothers hugging two animals fucking. Zero comes up. Yeah, brothers hugging. Uh, mating animals. Mating animals. I, I told you. I told you. Well, what's the closest thing we got? Is there anything right there? What's that picture with the humans in it? Nope. Oh, that's no. autism. <laughs> Damn. Every time they sneak that autism hug in there, baby. Damn. Every time, baby. Damn. I love it. if there's anything like human hugging fuck, human hugging sex animals. It's always autism is where they go. In there. Let's hit a couple news topics and then we'll get Giannis out of here. You got to make sure to catch his special mom love. I can only vouch for the first 34 minutes of it, but man, it was awesome, dude. Dude, thank you. And thank yeah. you for saying that. Thank you for having me. I really I appreciate it. This is the way to like get the word out and like you got a big audience, so I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, yeah. it's cool, man. I'm glad to get to meet you and spend yeah. time with you. Um, yeah, I can't believe we haven't over the years. Kind of. But then once podcasts have started, people don't see each other as much in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And there was always kind of the West Coast, East Coast thing that kind of kept people apart i guess you guys would come in and, and do o and a and that's how you'd meet some east coast guys. oh that's true yeah and otherwise like yeah that there was just that separation podcast has kind of bridged that gap a little bit that's a good yeah. point well, well we started doing podcasts because we saw how rich you guys were getting 
Oh, people were thinking that? People yeah, were oh, hell that? yeah, yeah. Well, the ones of us who were fucking, you know, have some smarts at least, you're going, Jesus Christ, not only are they making money, but they're having a blast. Yeah. They're having a good fucking time. Like, why would we go do six sets a night, you know, to go perform on some sh late night show, you know, and when nobody's watching? Well, these guys are having a great time. Yeah. We were like looking at a party. We were like, you know, we we're like looking at that party going on and we're like, our party sucks, but we didn't want to admit that it sucks. And finally, someone's got to go, dude, just because it's our party, we got to stop thinking our party's great because we want to defend our party. Because, you know, uh, it's like that thing where like, I can make fun of my brother, but you can't yeah. kind of thing. Like, even though I know he's stupid, but I, I only I could say it. You can't. And then you're going like, dude, just like join the party, man. They're having a blast. They're making comedy. They're having fun. They're talking to each other, laughing. Yeah. And making a new type of comedy. This is a new thing. Like stand-up was a thing that came along during vaudeville when there was no technology where you could film anything. And now it's like, this is a new thing. It's like a mixture of like improv, riffing, stand-up. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's not just radio. It's not just uh, like jokes. It's like a, it's a podcast. It's a yeah. new ethos. Yeah, and it's so, I mean, there's so many now too. It's yeah. like, I mean, a few years ago, there was literally even three years ago, and I feel like it like doubles the the amount of them doubles. I wonder how often, because it's crazy. Like people years ago that were like, I remember Chris Delia was like, I'm never doing a fucking podcast. I remember Amy Schumer was like, poo uh, poo, you know. And then now everybody's done one, or yeah. if they can do one, they do one. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Even people that's damn rich. I think Biden does one. I don't even know. He doesn't even know if he does one. <laughs> Isn't that crazy. <laughs> if you ask him, he might say yes. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> That freaking child predator. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's look at this right here. Oh, did you see this? The man. What is this about? This is the guy that attacked Chappelle. Says he was triggered. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. Which is it? Also, it says an apparent change of an apparent change of tune. Um. That seems like. An attorney's probably told him to say this, huh? Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, yeah. That gives him much more of a leg to stand on, I feel like. Yeah, it's like, hey, this will get some people behind you. <laughs> I thought this was fake, actually, when I first heard about this. Oh, Lee is quoted as saying, I identify as bisexual. I wanted him to know what he said was triggering. I wanted him to the next time he should consider first running his material by people it could affect. Can you imagine? No. The arrogance of that statement. Well, if this guy's buyer, you know, the male side of him should have freaking attacked him. <laughs> he I'll should say have that. attacked himself before <laughs> yeah. he said it. Well, it's just, I, I don't, you can't, you can't, then you can don't, don't need to listen to this man. Go listen to a man or woman that you really enjoy, I think. Right. Uh, I thought they hired somebody to do this. I really, really did. I also like thought that with the slap, you know, Hollywood's 9-11. The Will Smith and Chris Rock slap. At first, I was like, "That's fake." I think a lot of people thought, because I guess a lot of people, you know, we stage shit now. Everything, everyone's got to make a spectacle to uh, online. That's what it's become, you know. Yeah, it's like because uh, we, it, it gets views. I mean, the news even does that, right? They just create a spectacle with their headlines and their fear mongering and all that because it gets views. We're all competing to get attention, so inevitably. You're like, did they stage that for attention? There's always a question in your brain.
Yeah, and they beat the guy up pretty good. Um, but I'm even if if I'm if I'm somebody I don't have anything going on. You're like, hey, I'll give you half a mil, two hundred thousand. Some guys are gonna break a couple of your bones. Can you handle it? <laughs> if I'm already bisexual, I'm probably bi joints or whatever. Sure, I could yeah. probably take a shoulder out of socket. So you say, even though he got beat, it there is a chance it could still be. It could still be fake. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I'm not saying that it definitely is, but I would not have been shocked. I think right. you could find a guy for two hundred grand yeah. that would take a take an ass whooping and go potentially. He's not going to go to jail. Do you think he'll go to jail? That's. I heard he's getting out, but I mean, it happened in Los Angeles, right? I feel like that's what happens in Los Angeles. Criminals get, get out. Off. Yeah, get off now. So I mean, uh, especially if he says he was triggered by jokes, I feel like they go like, "Oh, we we must have had the wrong guy." <laughs> But then I guess if you're it's trans, true. say if you're trans, mm -hmm. and this guy isn't trans, he, well, he doesn't say, he's, he says he's bi. Mm -hmm. But then this dude is like, you're dang, he's like, you're a Rudy Rudiger kind of, isn't he? In a, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're really on that side of the boat. He's like, you're John Brown? He's, uh, like, I don't know who John Brown is. John Brown was down oh, for, for Cleveland? No, John Brown was uh, the dude who attacked the armory to protest slavery. He was down for the, like... He did the crazy, like, kind of suicide mission. Oh, he did? He attacked the armory, and yeah, he was, like, down for the cause. But it's, are people, like, heroizing this guy? Are the gay and trans community hero, hero, heroizing him? I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know how they, f I think he just came out saying this. Oh. So maybe they're, maybe they're having their meeting now to figure out how to praise him. <laughs> Maybe they're having their media meeting to go like, oh, you know, now we can, now we can like him. I don't know what they're doing. Oh yeah, because he's adding in also plus jokes earlier in the night made by an opener talking pedophilia rocked Lee as well. He says he was sexually abused as a minor. Well, that's one of the side effects of being a damn minor these days, I feel like, dude. You gotta get, I mean, you gotta get into a better industry. If you guys are underground, somebody's gonna touch your ass on the way up. Yeah, I'm, 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 it's disconcerting how much of that is going on, like how much. I love how the guy's arm is out of socket and they still cuff him. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like, dude, the Lord already cuffed this dude. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, bro? Damn. <laughs> Seems a little redundant. Yeah. I mean, his arm is backwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, How did they even get his arm back normal? Cool. I mean, it looks like he's an action figure and like you pop it out and put it, <laughs> yeah. put it out a different way. That's 200,000, man. Yeah. They spat on me and twisted me as if on purpose. Oh. Yeah, no, they definitely they definitely didn't do it on accident. He said, yeah. as a, no, they weren't doing it on accident. They didn't break your arm on accident, man. Good. At least he's aware of that. This is interesting right here. I told him my mother and grandmother who fought for his civil rights to be able to speak would be upset at the things he said. This is a perfect example of what you were talking about earlier where things go kind of this full circle way where it's like you you want – what were you saying earlier? You said it's like you want to get these freedoms but at a certain point that kind of like – Get eats, too free, yeah. It yeah. eats itself. There's nowhere to go. You, like, uh, yeah, you, it's like, dude, don't you, you – know. You you know how, do you know how contradictory what you're saying? You're saying my grandparents fought for this right. You're like, yeah, that's why he's a multimillionaire comedian speaking freely. Right. Who's black. Right. Exactly. 
Like that's the end of the ride. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's at the a end certain of the road. point. The end. The, yeah. That's you're doing. You're doing what the cops would do to him back then, <laughs> yeah. or maybe sometimes now. But you're doing what like white America would have done to him back then. So what you're saying makes no fucking sense. You're being the bad person, but he doesn't see that. He has no awareness of it. Yeah. Yeah, he's shutting down a black man doing comedy, getting paid millions of dollars, having being adorned by all these people who have paid to see him. You're stopping that because uh, you think you're doing it for civil rights. It's twisted logic. Well, it's interesting because it's like, well, what's the thing then? Is it the va- the fact that you don't want him to, like, if the money's not involved, then it kind of changes it. What do you mean? Well, I guess, like, Man, it's so hard to think and say stuff. Um, <laughs> like, you want him to be able to speak. Mm, I don't know what I'm saying exactly. Well, you're saying the, if the money's not involved. Well, it's like so, civil rights. Like, you right. want to, you know, freedom of speech. Like, if your grand, he, he says, my grandmother fought for his freedom of speech. Right. Right. So now he has that freedom of speech. Right. But is it because he's making money? Like, why? Why did he do it? What's his reasoning? Why he did it? And what determines, like, is it, what determines if his speech is free or not? Like, at what point is it the fact that he's making, I don't know what I'm saying exactly. Well, I mean, the ridiculous thing is he's making jokes. Right. So that's a weird, it means your society's in a weird place when the jesters are being attacked because right this is specifically a place where he's making jokes he's making jokes man i mean he says on the sign it's like this is a comedy show it's a comedy uh, weekend i mean if, even this guy knows that i mean dave Chappelle's a comedian if you, dave Chappelle does not work at a auto body shop yeah he's a comedian everyone knows who he is yeah. people aren't paying to go watch him fix a car they're watching him do jokes and so when comedians are getting attacked you start going like oh society may be getting a little unhealthy because the kings, you know, they would keep a jester around to keep them honest, to tell them the truth with jokes. That's what we do. We sugarcoat the truth a little bit. So it's like, you know, I just want to say like, hey, maybe the jester's right, right? Isn't that what we do? We kind of put a little candy over the truth. Like, you know. Yeah, you, you if say, you don't want to hear the jester anymore, then that's a little bit strange. Then there's something something strange. Something's off. The society's not healthy. And it's the black community keeps attacking their own kind. Yeah. Which is bizarre. That is bizarre. Um, all right, what else we got? Any other good news story came in? Sometimes it's nice to podcast because I don't have to go deal with the rest of my life. Isn't that crazy? Even though it's a great life, it's like I you just have to make choices and do things. I think it's the same reason why you listen to a podcast or watch a movie. It's like sometimes it's like you just don't want to have to, I don't know, I sound ungrateful. No, but I know what you're saying is right now you're in the moment. You're not thinking about yeah. tough stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just not having fun. to think about tougher stuff. You yeah. know, my sister's trying to buy a house. I'm gonna help her look at that. It's like I'm gonna have to make choices about, you know, all cool stuff. But it's like, there just feels like less responsibility right now. Well, that's why the audience probably connects with it so much because, like you said, you're doing the same thing they're doing. We're both taking a break. Yeah, you're taking a break. The audience is taking a break. And when it's over, it's like, oh, now I gotta go help my sister buy a house. I gotta yeah. get back to shit. Yeah. There's probably someone watching right now who also is helping their sister buy out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> what do we have here? Yeah, here's an interesting one. New York High Court to determine if Bronx Zoo elephant is a person. Why not? Why not? Yeah. 2022, why not? <laughs> is it a person? 
I mean, what is going on? Has it paid taxes? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Uh, uh, I mean, how would they even mix those two up? How would they, <laughs> if it was a person, how did they get? How did it get to a point where an article needed to be written that they were going to investigate whether it was true? <laughs> how do you mistake those two things? One's like ten tons. The other is like three hundred pounds. If it eats fast food, <laughs> it's a big difference. Jesus it, Christ! It says that. Uh, can she? Can, can the elephant be considered a person? A question was before New oh. York's highest court Wednesday, in a closely watched case of whether a basic human right can be extended to an animal. Damn. Oh, so it's more that. Okay, it's more the rights of the animal. They said it's in a one-acre prison. You know, this goes back to like black. Have you seen that movie Black? Um, black sh uh, fish. It's about like black, something happened to black fish even, like whenever whales or whatever with the zoo and they put them in there in San Diego and people got upset about it. Um, but it's like, do you think if you see a, like the animal's safer in this space, but is it getting its true existence? I think that's the question. And it's almost the same thing we've been talking about with humans. It's like, we're safer in this space, for sure. There's bumpers on everything. There's insurance. There's lawyer. There's You're as safe as you could be. You can buy braces through the mail. A woman the other night had me sign her metal leg, and it had like a, a little thing in it where it also sorts coins on the side of it, right? Like, we're living in a fucking Brookstone, right? But are we getting the, are we getting the most, the most, natural experience that's almost what's happening here right right is are we not fulfilled is it the most fulfilling yeah it's exactly what's happening here yeah the non-human rights project wants her to move from a one-acre prison at the zoo to a more spacious sanctuary because with all these things they're like just set them free yeah well this doesn't even sound like they're returning them to their natural habitat where they be that's true. just is like they're getting uh they're just they're upgrading their from a condo to a mansion to have more spacious you know They'd still have that same safety or whatever. Yeah, I'd say maybe the more humane thing, ironically, would be to put them back into the, the being an elephant yeah. is suited for nature, where it can look around, you know, because elephants can intimidate lions, you know? Yeah. And that probably makes them feel good, and now they don't have that. That's taken away. You know, I'm a, you know I'm a, that must build an elephant's self-esteem when lions come around and be like, you know, we're hungry, we may take you down. Yeah, an elephant goes, dude, I'm 10 tons. You can try it, but I may stomp one of you. Yeah, it's going to be bad for somebody. Yeah. Is something going to come down and say, hey. You guys are doing it wrong. Right. Go back to. Uh... But here's the weird thing. If we went back, wouldn't we try to get back here to be safer? I don't know. That's yeah. the thing. And who, what or who would keep you in line to. Yeah. Like if someone came up, like if we had to survive against predators that were trying to kill us like back in the day like hyenas saber-toothed tigers and then there was a dude who figured out a way to like effectively keep them at bay who would be would there be a judge some sort of judge that came in and be like dude dude dude, you can't advance that much right we got to keep it like that but then even having that judge is kind of advanced so it's uh it's a you can't get out of the quagmire it's a you, know, you can't escape it we're always going to try to find a smart way to out smart these predators 
and that makes us more human and softer because we use our brain. That's what we have. Gorilla's got strength. Right. This is almost, is this the best case scenario where we are? Dude, if we're just left to deal with predators with jujitsu, I don't know how effective it would be because that's essentially what we're advocating for. One more generation, we'll have some freaking gangsters out there. Take out a lion? I think so. (laughs) Probably, yeah. People, they're getting some talent, man. John Jones could beat a lot of animals. You think so? Yeah. I think so for a second, yeah. For for a little bit, man. I think... there's room. I mean, there's old stories of Dustin Poirier beating, you know, twenty raccoons outside of a bar in in, uh, in Lafayette. So he tried to get jumped by raccoons. Bro, it's a dangerous game <laughs> down there, bro. I'm just saying. Look, there's a there is there's a lot of I think mythology out there about humans fighting animals. You yeah, know? the Greeks used to have a lot of it. Did they? Yeah, fighting animals. Yeah, because we try. I mean, they try. Like, or is this the best? Is this where we are? Is this, obviously this is where we are. This is. We would probably just do this again. I know what you're saying. You're basically saying we overdid it. Where we took the fun out of it. We took like the game out of it, which makes you like think and immerses you in the game of like survival. Because now we can just nuke predators. That's too much. Uh, It's not fair. It's not fair, man. I always like the idea that people can do, uh, like if somebody wants to fight an animal with a knife or something, I think that's fair. You know, I don't, sometimes with the hunting stuff, I'm not an anti-hunter at all, like, but I would love to see more hand-to-hand combat with animals. That <laughs> would be great. That would be great to see. Yeah, it's more of a fair fight. I feel like we'd lose a lot, though, is my only problem. Oh, hell yeah, we would do this. Every week there's a video of some guy losing to a goose <laughs> at a damn local watering hole. Yeah. There's I've... some guy's kid getting his one of his ears nipped off by a damn uh, goslin or whatever. Yeah, I mean, even if the goslin cuts weight, <laughs> it's still unfair. <laughs> it's still fucking, he's got that animal strength always. Got the advantage, and that's why I think, like, we'll always invent a knife yeah. in order to compete, or else we go extinct. Like, dude, you know what the crazy shit is? We were not the apex predator for most of our existence. Only the past couple thousand years did we figure some shit out. But for, like, hundreds of thousands of years fucking we got eaten wow we didn't figure it out until we teamed up with dogs they 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 ran they did a lot of the recon they did recon for us and like yo bad shit's coming we hid whatever we need and they fought off lions for us and shit and then we were able to they gave us some time to sit around and think about it and figure shit out build a knife because you can't figure out how to build a knife when you're constantly being hunted yeah you can't think it's not a moment to think it's like having anxiety all the time you can't you know you can't do your best work when you're anxious so oh amen man <laughs> amen dude i feel that yeah at a deep level dude um Giannis, thanks so much for coming man thank you man it's cool bro really nice really to, appreciate it nice to meet you on camera chat yeah it was nice it was a fun ride yeah yeah this has been a lot of fun and you can check out his special mom love it's on youtube right now and um he's got some amazing characters um that you got to watch on youtube as well i know they're old and you may feel past those in some ways or whatever I, I but yeah. man, so crazy, bro. You got to go watch uh watch some more Giannis Papas if you're not familiar with him. And um, and yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on, dude. Thank you, I appreciate it. Yeah. Now I'm just floating on the breeze, and I feel I'm falling like these leaves. I must be cornerstone. Oh, but when I reach that ground, I'll share this peace of mind I found. I can feel it in my 
gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.